Greetings, gamers. I'm Ben Ross. I'm Shoot Capel. I'm Daryl. And I'm Brunel. And you're listening to Very Good Music, a VGM podcast. Brought to you by General Mills. And Totals. <laughs> Well, hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Very Good Music VGM Podcast, as you heard in the intro. And this week, we are doing our very first uh, series showcase. Uh, I guess, you know, a couple of times we've done, like last week, we did the Kirby. Well, that wasn't really last week. A few weeks ago, we did the Kirby episode. That wasn't really a series showcase as much as like a very particular, you know, Kirby boss. Um, but anyway, we are going to be talking tonight about... Well, you know what? I'm going to let one of our special guests introduce the topic because it is his patron topic. One of our special patrons is here, uh, ladies and gentlemen and gamers of all ages, Daryl, the last Recon Bowers. Ha ha ha! I finally made it to the big time. <laughs> uh, gentlemen, thank you for having me on the show. Uh, the topic today, a journey through the world of Pokemon. Uh, this is a series that I have known and loved since I was younger than Young Shoot Kapow. And to help me along with this journey, I have brought along a guest, my fellow ECPL companion, and our still gym leader, good sir, if you will. Oh, I thought you were going to save me. Oh, hi. Well, my name is Purnell, as you already heard. Um, I am the steel gym leader for the East Coast Pokemon League, and I am also co-host for the Rhythm and Pixels video game music podcast. And... Honestly, just general friend with everyone in this chat right now anyway. So every kind of thing's in the one under the sun, I'm that. And we are excited to have both of you here tonight. Uh, I think of the three of us, I am probably the one with the least personal experience with Pokemon. So I will be excited to hear y'all chat about some of the uh, some of the stuff we're talking about tonight. I know I had a lot of fun going through and listening to soundtracks. Like I said, don't have a lot of personal experience with the series, so... Partly, just to be a little bit different, but partly because there is no way I was going to listen to all of the soundtracks to all of the Pokemon games. <laughs> I narrowed it down to just spin-off games. But even with that, well, I'll tell the story kind of in pieces as we go. It was an undertaking, I tell you, but it was a fun one. Daryl, why don't you tell us a little bit about that play-in track that you chose for us? Okay, so originally I had chose the opening for... Uh, the original Pokemon Red and Blue, also known as Blue and Green, over in Japan. But Bedroth came in with this banger of a remix. I'm like, yeah, no, play this for the intro. Because honestly, it sounds like something that you would hear in the current Pokemon game, um, Sword and Shield. Especially, just, especially those, oh man, just it, so much better. I greatly enjoyed it.
Yeah, so I wanted to start him with that because that's kind of where it all began. Mm-hmm. Red and blue. Yep. Red and blue um, and green, like you said. Uh, the That was the opening theme. Uh, composed by Junichi Masuda, who is, cor- of course, Mr. Pokemon. You'll hear his name a lot tonight. The Masuda Method. And like a lot of our games, this Eggs. was published by Nintendo, developed by Scramble. Game Freak, uh, before the Pokemon Company was actually a thing. And this came out on the Game Boy in 1996, and the world would never be the same again. <laughs> so many years ago. 19, that was 24 oh, years ago, gentlemen. Wow. Don't, just, let's, was... not, let's not talk about the past. Let's focus on the future. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How old were you Gen in 96? And more DLC. Hello, everyone. I'm Pernell. No, I want to know. How old were you in 96, Pernell? Um, friggin' old. It's already pretty old. I, I was well in the college by that point, so. I was nine. I she wasn't even born yet. I was 14. So I'm the young one this episode. Yep. And Shukapau was. Shukapau was negative nine. <laughs> <laughs> Shukapau was in the middle of his time travel journey, yep. writing the wrongs of the past. <laughs> I kind of did that recently. I want to give a little shout-out to, well, a big shout-out, actually, to JesterDist on YouTube. Uh, A link to his channel will be in the show notes. That is J-E-S-T-E-R, like a court jester, and then Dist, D-I-S-T, all one word. He was the remixer for uh, Red's theme, which we, he called it the Red's theme remix, but the opening theme that y'all just heard. Obviously, great work, as you could tell. The illustration was by his sister, who goes by Kaizu online. That's K-Y-Z-U. I will link to some of her work as well, but definitely go check him out. I This video has not had nearly as many views as the sound quality would make you think it has, and I'd like to get him some more attention. He's a cool guy. He gave us his blessing to play this on the show, and yeah, I was really, really happy to have found this remix. And I was originally going to use this as the background music for something that I thought was going to be its kind of own self-contained segment. And then Daryl informed me that it's actually going to be spread out across the show. And Mr. Bowers, why don't you tell us a little about what you have planned? All right. So this is directed towards both Purnell and Young Shoot. See, as you said, Bedroth, you're not very well versed with Pokemon. However, Shoot has been playing for how many years have you been playing Pokemon Shoot? Um, I guess since I was like seven or eight, so that'd be like eight or seven years. Seven or eight years, yeah. Half his life. (laughs) So, Purnell has been playing since college, so what I have devised is usually uh, on Rhythm and Pixels, Rob likes to give Purnell quizzes during the live Patreon shows. So, I figured, you know what, let's make this interesting. So, today I have compiled a quiz for both Purnell and Shoot to Fow to participate in. The winner of the quiz, whoever has the highest score, We'll receive a prize at the end of the episode. What that prize is? <laughs> Only I know. So, with that being said, before we play the next track, I will give the first quiz question. Now, um, each the first eight questions will be gen-based. So, from gen 1 down to gen 8. The last four are more bonus questions, okay? So, first question of the quiz is, What Pokemon types did not have a representation in gen 1? Gym four or elite four wise? Um, gym, you said the gym or the elite four? Yeah, gym or elite four. So you guys can answer that after we play the track. But yeah, what Pokemon types did not have representation in Gen one? Beat the gym and elite four. And to also let it be known, remember, dark and still was not introduced to yeah. Gen two. 
Oh, I got that. I thought you were trying to hit me with some kind of trick nonsense. Like, isn't that? No, that? no, no. The trickery comes later. Gotcha. So, of of the types that were in the game, which ones weren't represented? Be it either the gem or Elite Four. So, y'all can answer that after the track. Uh, but uh, whose track is it anyway? Next track is coming from Pernell. What have you got, sir? Oh yeah, this guy. I think <laughs> I know him. He's mine. Well, everybody. <laughs> The track that I'm going to choose is actually not my voice. Um, is Route 120 from the game Pokemon Ruby, Pokemon Sapphire. Enjoy. And that was our first song of the evening, not counting the play-in. That was Route 120 from Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire. This game was composed by Go Ichinose, Morikazu Aoki, and Junichi Masuda. And uh, Morikazu Aoki was the composer for this particular track, according to Bulbapedia, which is where I got all of this information. Yay, Bulbapedia. (laughs) And this was, once again, published by Nintendo, developed now by the Pokemon Company and Game Freak, and released for the Game Boy Advance in 2002. All right, and Purnell. Such a long time ago. And Purnell, not just... (laughs) (laughs) So why did I choose this track in particular? Well, uh, honestly, going back, the more I think about it from a nostalgia perspective, not so much, you know, mechanics perspective, I personally found Ruby and Sapphire to be my favorite of the bunch, both in, you know, just the general splash of color that came with it, some of the new Pokemon that came with it, and just the, honestly, the music was a big component too, because though it was not particularly favored by many, I was a fan of the trumpets. I'm a guy who loves him some Poke Trumpets. Oh, yeah, I love the trumpets. Yeah. Game Boy Advance trumpets. They're so good, right? I know. (laughs) And then, like, with this track, like, the reason why it stands out to me so much, aside from just being legit, is that it has a bit of a triumphant sound, like an adventurous, a triumphant adventure sound to it. Yeah, a lot, a lot of the Gen 3 music has that. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. the trumpets lend itself to that, though. Like It just keeps it upbeat. You can't go down. You can't be quiet with a trumpet in the background. I'm impressed in several of the games I've heard where the root music, it just, I mean, it's field music in a way, so I guess it makes sense, but it's got that sort of, you know, rousing, adventurous sort of feel to it. And, you know, if you're a kid out in the world, you know, becoming a Pokemon trainer, that, that fits, you know? I think it makes sense. But yeah, this is a really, really cool track. Nice, rousing... Uh, way to start start off the show. I mean, track was great. 
I could do without the game. <laughs> and before we get into exactly why, why don't we go ahead and go back to that first question, Daryl? Okay, so, alright, I'm gonna ask a question, and then we will decide the order. So, again, the question was, what Pokemon types did not have a representation in Gen 1, be it a Gym or Elite 4? So, alright, uh, since, shoot, you're the young one, odd or even? Uh, odd. Okay, you get to answer first. Alright, so, that would be Bug flying, and either poison or ghost, depending on how you look at Agatha's team. Because she's technically referred to as the ghost trainer, but all of her Pokemon are poison. For now, <laughs> your answer. I'm going to go with normal, flying, and bug. The reason why, if I remember correctly, why her team was all poison was because for whatever goober reason in Pokemon Red and Blue, they literally had one evolution chain of ghost types, and that was the only ghost type set in the entire game. Oh, yeah. Okay, so, unfortunately, shoot, you got the first one wrong. There was a poison uh, gym leader, Koga. Oh, I forgot about Koga. <laughs> I hate Koga. Koga, Koga, Koga. The funny part about it is, like, when we started the episode, I outright said, like, I'm stuck at Koga's gym. <laughs> yeah, so, in the first gen, there was no flying gym leader, there was no normal gym leader, there was no bug gym leader. So, that changed in gen 2. Whitney. Ah... Uh. I have heard about Whitney, Whitney. <laughs> and her marvelous right, so milk to, tank. To give some context to you, Bedroth. <laughs> so, Gen Gen Two, there was a gym leader. Your third gym leader you fought against. Okay, so first gym leader was flying gym leader, oddly enough. Second gym leader was Bug. Third gym leader was a normal type. She throws out a Clefairy, a Clefable, and then here's this new Pokemon, Miltank. And you're probably sitting there thinking like, "Oh, this is easy," and then proceeds to use Rollout, and yep. then use Rollout, yep. and then use Rollout. Yep. And then use like in the show, Ash's team gets beat by this mill tank thoroughly. That's exactly how it happens in a game. The funny thing about it is like I look at that and I think a lot of why we all remember that as being so brutal is because when we were like I don't want to say we were young because obviously I was an ancient old man <laughs> at that point, but we were kind of in that mindset of we were I'll say we're young of Pokemon. Oh yeah, of it's, it's normal gym. So you were likely going to that gym just being like, I got this cool team, I love my Pokemon because they're my friends. And then you get to this place and you're completely unbalanced and then you show up and of course, yeah, Miltank, if you give it a chance to get rolling, is going to steamroll you with rollout. But Yep. And can hit ghost types because it's their ability. It's ability. It can hit ghost types. What is that? In, in Gen 4, it has the ability Scrappy, which allows it to hit ghost types. Oh, yeah. You know, when you go back and play the remake of you know, Heart, Gold, Soul, she Silver... She still steamrolled me! Not just, That's the thing. For me, not so much, because you come in knowing what to expect. You plan for it. So I'm going to assume we have at least some listeners like me um, that don't know what rollout is. <laughs> All right. Oh, I can explain that. Oh, yeah, you go ahead, Bruno. It is a rock-type move, if I remember correctly. And the idea behind Rollout is that it has a low base power, so at default, it's like 30 base power or something like that. But every successive hit, the attack power increases to the point where if, if you let it go for too long, it will start one-hit KOing the, every Pokemon that comes out. So the goal is to not let it get started. You gotcha. want to knock that mill tank out before it can get that thing going oh, multiple turns in a row. The only thing that makes it not ridiculously overpowered is the fact that it has, like, 90 accuracy or something, so it does have, like, a 10% chance to miss. Yeah, but there's also another added aspect. So, like Pernell said, it has a 30 base power. 
However, there's a combo you can use with it, and I think this is the first time Gen 2 introduced the what I call the combo system, where, okay, so if you use Defense Curl and then Roll Out, oh, it immediately gets an attack curl. boost. Because did that, but did that affect, was that a factor in Gen 2, though, or did they bring that up later on in the series? No, it was a factor uh, in Gen 2. It was one of the first things I learned, because I think at some point in Gen 2, I had a Geodude, and that was like my main go-to for certain mons, like Defense Curl, um, Rollout, because I used to do that all the time when I played my brothers in Pokemon Stadium wow. 2. See, I can't imagine not wanting to use Rollout then, to be honest, on a Rock-type. <laughs> and so, um, Daryl, why why the hate for Ruby and Sapphire? Alright, so, here, here's the thing. So, here's the thing. Uh, this is going to be, so I'm going to tell some sad stories and some happy stories and this is why I chose Pokemon, because it has had such a huge reflection on my life. Um, so, when this gen came out, I had a Game Boy Advance. Um, I forget when exactly the... I forget when Ruby and Sapphire came out, but it was close to my birthday. It was like a 2004? Yeah, but what was the date? I think it was close to my birthday, because usually Pokemon games come out around November. My birthday is November 21st. All I wanted for my birthday that year was Pokemon Sapphire. Didn't get it. And not only did I not get it, April rolls around, which is my brother David's birthday. I have two younger brothers, David and Daniel. David wanted Pokemon Ruby. Not only did he not get Ruby, he got the game <coughs> I wanted, Sapphire, because they were sold out of Ruby. And Sapphire's then the following month, my baby brother Daniel's birthday, he got both Ruby and Sapphire. What? So I was like, you know what? F it. I don't want nothing to do with this gen. That's <laughs> when Fire Red and Leaf Green came out. I got Leaf Green because, you know, screw Charizard. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, okay. Leaf Green is much better. And I just didn't like it. I just did not like Gen 3. I really... I, and I took a whole skip over to Game Boy Advance generation. It wasn't until Gen 4, Diamond and Pearl, that I got in. And I will explain that story when we get to Gen 4 because, uh, man, just um, almost... Uh, almost lost a relationship because of Pokemon. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we're, we're going to skip. Oh, go ahead, you. I played some of Gen 3. It never really, like, eh, I, I just, I never really liked it a lot. It's, it's good. Uh, a lot of people really like it because of nostalgia and stuff. Personally, my favorite part was the music. I think people only like it because it did, Gen 3 was important for one reason, one reason only. It introduced double battles. Nope. Gotcha. Um, if I remember, let me double check to make sure something, but I believe it did one more very, very important thing. Um, it basically split the attacks up. So um, there were two improvements that the franchise eventually ended up having. There was, so back in the early games, there were a few stats. There was attack, there was attack, special yeah. attack, special attack defense. Yeah. defense, attack, defense, and, and speed, speed, and special. Yeah, which was yeah. special attack and special defense in one. So eventually, and I want to say it was Ruby and Sapphire that did it. I might have to double check to cover my butt. Oh, they split they up sp defense and special defense. And uh, no, that was Gen that, two. They also split the attacks. So originally, in addition, the attacks only had one type. So fire was always special. Psychic was always special. Oh, Rock was always okay. physical. And then when Gen 3 came along, they said, no, there are special type rock attacks and physical and normal type rock attacks. And at that point, oh. that allowed Pokemon to be more diverse. Now you could have specially based Pokemon across any type or physically um, based ones across any well, type. You were saying, shoot? 
Actually, the physical special split was Gen 4. That was Gen 4? Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah! Fart! Ah! Fart! The young kid's showing you the uh, birds. Attack and... Special attack hey. and special defense was Gen 2. Okay. Pretty sure. So did Gen 3 bring anything to the table? Other than double battles? In that case, it might be double battles. That might be all there was. But at that point, then, yeah, double battles is where it was at. I'm actually uh, going to Bulbapedia right now. <laughs> you know, people, this is going to be an episode of nothing but fact-checking, most likely. Before before Generation 4, whether a move was physical or special was determined by type. All damaging moves of the following types are physical moves. So before Gen 4, physical and special was determined by type. So 3 still had the type, diff- the type basing of it. From Gen 4 onward, every individual move is designated as either physical or special, independent so of its Gen type. Gen 3 introduced was Double Bobby Battles. John Brown. So. Again, oh, most crappiest right. Gen. Okay. And remakes. <laughs> well, we are going to um, skip over Gen 4 for the moment. Um, Daryl, how do you feel about Gen 5? Um, I will say this. Gen 5, White and Black 2, hardest Pokemon games I've ever played. Really? It was the first time... It, it was the first time... In a Pokemon game, I lost huh. to three different teams. Hmm. The only thing I knew about uh, this particular one is it's the first generation that had a... Well, the only one so far that had a direct sequel, right? Um, well, technically, Gen 2 was the direct sequel to Gen 1. Right, but it was still a new generation. Yeah. Like, this one had a direct sequel without yeah. it being a new generation. Yeah, there wasn't, like, no new Pokemon or anything. It was just, hey, this takes place three, four years after... The original game. And Pernell, what do you think about uh, Gen 5? I honestly thought that one was pretty good, too, when it came out. Um, I like the idea of it being more of an urban game, more or less. Um, you know, the major, more like they felt like you were visiting cities and not tiny towns. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, the Unova was actually based on, like, America. Like, apparently a lot of the regions are based on different areas of the world, like... Kalos is based on France, and Unova is America, and stuff like that. Yeah, because I remember correctly, there was that one town, the one that had the long, like the long streets that oh, was like, yeah. pretty much like oh. New York City, which I liked a lot, honestly. Oh yeah, Castilia City. There you go. But, like I was the one, probably one of the five people in the world. I was like, that ice cream <laughs> cone is pretty cool. Oh uh, yeah. Well, um, before I get on to shoot Kapow, uh, Daryl, why don't you tell us what is our next question going to be? Okay. So this second quiz, second question of the quiz. What were at least two new ways you could evolve Pokemon that were introduced in Generation 2? Specifically Gen 2? Specifically Gen 2. So. Two new ways. That'll be a trip. Did you get the question? I'll think about that. All right. And while they're thinking about that, the reason I bring up Gen 5 is because, uh, and we will get Chukapau's thoughts on this generation when we come back. I can tell you like 95% of the stuff about this generation. <laughs> this is Chukapau's favorite generation. And from this, I actually, this was one of the first tracks that was on Chukapau's list because I told him I really wanted it on there, but I was only <laughs> playing spinoff games. This is my favorite mainline Pokemon game music track. And Shukapau also loves it. I told him he could bump it if he wanted to, but he decided to keep it. Shukapau, what are we playing for your first track of the night? Next up, we have Skyro Bridge.
Alright, and that was Skyro Bridge from Pokemon Black and White. This game had several composers. Uh, returning were Jinichi Masuda and Go Ichinose. Also here were Shota Kageyama, Hitomi Sato, and Minako Adachi. Another name we'll see probably a few more times tonight. This particular track was composed by Shota Kageyama, and this game came out for the DS in 2010. Best system for Pokemon games. I gotta say, every time I hear the name Shota, I just think about Endeavor from My Hero Academia yelling, SHOTA! It was a what? You never what? You watched My Hero Academia for now? Don't you? I have. Just, I was unex- I wasn't expecting <laughs> you to reference My Hero Academia in relation to Pokemon. <laughs> but that, that's just me. I was way caught off guard there. Daryl's brain firing on all synapses, making all those connections. <laughs> so, Shukapau, why, why do you love Gen 5 so much? The main thing about it is the story and nostalgia. Because this was one of the first ones you really got into, right? Yeah. Um, I actually played this one quite a bit. So the only two mainline Pokemon games I've played to any great degree were Pokemon Platinum, because one of my students, back when I was a teacher, uh, lent it to me because I told him I didn't really like Pokemon, and he wanted me to try it. (laughs) And then... Yeah, that's a good that's a good relationship with your students. They're like, hey, just take my Pokemon. <laughs> right. Don't erase the file. Well, I mean, he knew where to find me, so I guess if I lost it, he would know what to do. Um, and then uh, this one, because I, I, Shukapau was really into it, so I wanted to kind of play some of it, too. And I got probably about a third of the way in. Um, speaking of in, in is my favorite, like, rival-slash-villain type yeah. character. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that ends up becoming a rather common thing because N was is probably the most complex of the rival or the villain characters in the franchise. I would say unless, unless I'm forgetting somebody. Um, I think the new one I think is kind of uh, she's pretty popular well, from uh, from Sword and Shield. Marnie, Marnie, yeah, yeah, Marnie. <laughs> Yeah, Marnie's cool, too. I mean, I'm talking about thinking more like the complication part. Marnie wasn't particularly complicated, but she was awesome because of her style. Oh, oh gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. But Skyro Bridge, when I heard it in-game, was just... It's so fun and light and happy, and I just... I always love it. Whenever I, I throw on my, like, positive jams playlist, this one is up there near the top. One of the best rewards for completing Black 2 and White 2 is getting access to Skyro Bridge and just getting to listen to this music. <laughs> Now, is this a bridge like what Daryl mentioned before? Because I don't remember a number of the areas in the game except for cold storage because, yes, cold storage. Oh, yeah, cold storage. But uh, did is this one of the bridges where you would bike back and forth to get your eggs to hatch, or was this like a smaller bridge? Oh, th- this bridge was long. What long I remember about this bridge... cinematic. What, what city does this bridge lead into when you're first um, crossing it? After you beat Lenora in... Nim- not, not Nimbasa. Nacarine City you gain access to, like, the inner part of Pinwheel Forest. So you can, like, bike down the road or just go through the wilderness. Then you uh, you go into this, like, little area that separate all the routes in all the Pokemon games for some reason. The weird little, like, passage areas, you know? Oh. Those things. Um, and you just, like, get onto the bridge, and the music is just 
bam. Music it just, starts it just and the bridge you right there. You're walking across the bridge, and at first it's top down, but then as you get closer to the center of the bridge, it like zooms or like it pans down so the camera is behind you, and you're like walking over this huge suspension bridge, and the music's there, and it's just a really really cool in-game moment. Know, it's amazing. Um, so Th- and then you get into Castelia City, and then then there's just even more amazing music. Because so it's kind of like you're crossing the Brooklyn Bridge. Incredible music. <laughs> It's a trek, then. <laughs> Probably battles on that bridge, too. I know Gen 5. Uh, honestly, this is a gen to me that's kind of mired in a little bit of controversy. One, all the starters sucked. All of them. <laughs> well, maybe no, sure I got this right. Which Snivy one of the three? Sucked. Was this Oshawa's gen? No, yes. Snivy yes, didn't even suck yes, that much. Yes. Okay, the worst Snivy. water starter in history, Samurai. Yeah, he no. was terrible. No. Uh, yes. Oh my god, I agree no, with you. That doesn't boy, happen. Shoot, I'm sorry, but it, I, I have been a You're wrong. He went to the you team. are wrong. I, I have loved water for life, okay? Blastoise, Feraligator. Look, I came into this was, game I'll... with hopes and aspirations, and this is the first time where my favorite Pokemon in the game was not a water type. It's a bug fire type. Because this is the first time you got Volcarona. Oh, Volcarona. Yeah, Volcarona yeah. was great. I will say I'm not as I'm not going to say I was as late as it like as extreme on it as like Daryl would say, but what I would say is that I have also always gone with picking the water starters in every gen, and with this one I liked Oshawott, so I picked him, and then I used him and he got to a second Evo. I'm like, okay, not so great, but who knows? The last evolution could be cool. And I got Samurai, and then he went right to the box. And he never oh, came out. Well, just, yeah. The evolutions were weird, yeah. But I like Oshawa because it just... It's a cool water starter. It has a, a really cool signature move. And in was especially in the smash? anime, it's like sort of whole thing it's, is yeah, amazing it's a samurai. because Ash never evolved. Yeah, it's it. a samurai. Like, it's great, but... but- Oh, I like, in terms of, yeah. oh, don't get me wrong, it's I like It's just like a idea. samurai otter with, like, shells on its, And then you like, to its final form. Like, like, don't get <laughs> me wrong. I, I, I can appreciate the fact that he was a samurai in the end. And I do like Shell Smash. The problem was just, I, I couldn't get down with their interpretation of him as a samurai. In fact, this is going, this makes me feel ashamed in a sense, but I didn't even realize he was a samurai. Damn. Until like two gens later, I was just like, "What the heck is this thing?" It's like a weird. I realized like, it by its final name because to me, I was like, "It looks like someone took Ronin Warriors and tried to splice it with a seal." So you're supposed to be a samurai seal, <laughs> and the worst part is its hidden ability is shell armor. I'm like, "Who is honestly going to use this thing as a defensive build?" No, out of all the water starters, nobody. Next, you know what? It's tied actually for another water starter, Inteleon. Because I hate Inteleon, too. Not to be that guy. I do like I mean, Inteleon, though, oh, but he's yeah. a glass. Oshawott Oshawott is an otter. The seal was in the uh, the Alola region, right? Uh, yeah, Poplio. <laughs> Poplio was Poplio got the party yeah. popping. Poplio's great. I love Primarina, okay? <laughs> I, I never really liked Gen 7. One thing I will say about Gen 5, Gen 7 actually doesn't come up on the list tonight. I'm going to come back to that in a second, but... Uh, Gen 5 was my favorite of Ash's like, oh, team God, on the anime. Sorry, I hate Ash, but continue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Ash was eh, but his team in Gen 5 was Silen and... What's her name? Iris. Iris. And they were just really, really fun on the show. I liked them a lot. Silen especially is probably my favorite of like the anime characters over time. Iris um, is Dragonite, man. 
such su- <laughs> such a oh and i loved how um Axie would always like pop out of iris's hair <laughs> oh yeah it was the coolest thing um but you a question oh, quiz yes. we are we are back All let's right. go back to the so, quiz what was the question again there what were at least two new ways you could evolve a pokemon that were introduced in gen 2 shoot your answer um i think held item evolutions and friendship evolutions for now your answer I was honestly really stumped on this, so the best guess I could come up with was daycare and time of day. Okay, so, Pradell, you were slightly right. Shoot got it right. Um, Ooh. So, Wasn't time of day Gen 4? No, because no, um, here's oh, what no, it is. No, he said Gen so, 2. You said Gen yeah, 2, Gen right? Yeah, Gen 2. Time of day was, was a thing. However, it depended on the happiness level of the Pokemon, because that's how you got Toga Tick. Ah, bugger, so it was time of day and happiness. Yeah. And Crobat? Wasn't, wasn't Crobat Gen yes, 2? Yes, also because of happiness. So, You know what? Maybe I was misthinking it. Maybe I was confusing it with catching him at the right time nope. of day. Not the evolution. I mean, Gen 2 did have that time of day thing, because that was the first time where there was a night and day cycle and a day cycle. Oh. So, but yeah, shoot, you got it right. So, so far the score is... One, one. Nice. This is the battle. Nice. Both. This is the battle of the gens and the battle of the gens because I'm old and you're young. <laughs> therefore, controversy. I love it. <laughs> Before we get to my first track of the evening, I already mentioned that I went with all spinoff games to kind of keep things simple for me. Did you guys have any special like strategy for picking songs, or how did y'all go about picking your tunes? For now, you go. And we'll go Daryl with you first. Oh, okay. Um. Well. For me, I went from the heart, because I went from games that, like I said, this, I had a very rough childhood, uh, we can talk about that some other time, so video games honestly helped me get through a lot of stuff I went through, and Pokemon was one of them games that really helped me, like, I remember the first time seeing it, thinking like, what is this, they're getting sucked up into a vacuum cleaner? <laughs> okay, <laughs> and then I went to school, and like, a classmate of mine's name, Shane, he's like, dude, you don't know about Pokemon? I'm like, what? And he gave me my first Pokemon card, which was a Beedrill. And it just went from there. I became a hardcore Pokemon enthusiast. So a lot of the tracks are from games that have always held a near and dear place in my heart. So listen to the music. It's more of a nostalgia thing, and it brings me back to that time, even though things were kind of dark. But just that helped me get through those times. That's cool, man. That's a good story. Cool. How about you, Pernell? Honestly, probably a similar element there. I've just gone from the gut. Like, these are the tracks I know I like from the franchise. But you got to also keep in mind that, whereas, like, shoot, I know Shoot loves Pokemon, and you're kind of like, you know, like dipping your toe, so to speak. Uh, I've been playing Pokemon not just as a person who plays it, but like almost like a way of life for almost 20 years. Like, I, like, EZPL started, I started with it, and I was playing it even before that with people from the group, and I always came back to it. Like, for someone who doesn't focus on a game too long before moving on to the next thing, the fact that I could play Pokemon as much as I did for as long as I did across every release gen, the music just sticks with me in a way where you go, hey, Pernell, I need you to choose five tracks. I'm like, I already have them. <laughs> I just gotta tell you what they are. But... It's like they were already kind of ready By the way, to go. This man is being so. highly modest. Him and his two friends, Matt and Aaron, I like to call them the big three. Again, coming back to My Hero Academia. 
of the ECPL because these guys were the ones that got together and created this whole thing. And then took it to MagPL because had I not met him and, um, who was it? Was it Mike TV? The first, my very first MagFest. I met him and I forget who the other guy is. I want to say Mike TV. They were holding the Pokemon MagPL tournament and we were playing on Battle Revolution. And it just went from there. And had it not been for them creating this whole community, I don't think I'd be into it as much as I am. Like, I was an inaugural bug gym leader, and it's all thanks to this man and his friends. So, you know, again, with the modesty, you know, you pat yourself on the back, man. That sounds like Brunel. <laughs> my arm hurts. Man, look, I told you, okay? I, I keep telling you, okay? Stop playing Wii Sports without stretching. <laughs> I can't! I can't! I'm a man who likes living on the edge! All right, and uh, Shukapau, how did you go about picking your tracks tonight, bud? Um, I just picked tracks I liked, like always. Okay, cool. Probably a little easier for you man, this time. Man, sound excited <laughs> about it, man. I love how it sounds like the only person who had an actual met- metric was you, Pedro. <laughs> <laughs> well, and probably because like I don't have really a history with it. If I was going by my history, I, I could have gone with something from Platinum, I guess, or uh, or you know, Black and White. Sky Arrow Bridge probably would or have been snap. one of mine. Or Snap or Pokemon Rumble, which is almost where my first track came from. I was modifying and tweaking my list all the way up until, like, yesterday. And yesterday is when I subbed out my Pokemon Rumble track, which was the terminal area. And it's kind of a nostalgic piece of music for both me and Shukapau. Uh, a buddy of mine bought that for me um, back when Shukapau was, like, it was right when it first came out. So he must have been seven or eight, maybe nine. And Pokemon Rumble, for anybody who doesn't know what it is, it's a... I don't know how to describe the genre, but you play as a little like, I think toy I can Pokemon. Describe Go ahead. It. Um, think of it like Beyblade, but with Pokemon. The whole concept is you just you choose a mod and you're trying to knock each other out the ring. Yep, that's it. Okay, yeah. So, and in Pokemon Rumble, you could go through like little levels and stuff, and it's basically kind of a um, the way I played it was like a a beat 'em up except a top-down beat-em-up instead of a side-scrolling beat-em-up, because you, like, walk up to the other Pokemon and just kind of blast them with your move over and over again until, you know, they faint, and you collect, you know, XP and get stronger and stronger. And it was a really fun little game. Um, nice to just kind of sit back and uh, veg out to nice little entry-level game for kids. But I ended up kicking that one because as much as I like that tune, the production value wasn't great. It was kind of on the short side. And I will say, if it hasn't already become apparent, not everybody loves like the GBA sound, the DS sound. This sound is nostalgic for a lot of people, and it the, the sound quality, however you feel about it, does not take away from the compositions themselves. And everything that we are playing tonight, I vetted the playlist, and Shukapau, what, what are we playing tonight? What's everything we play? Very good music. <laughs> there we what go. Is it? And so what I did go with tonight was actually it popped up on my YouTube feed as just like a, one of the suggestions. And I hadn't actually looked at this game when I was going through all of my, my little list. I hadn't, or I listened to a track and it didn't really do anything for me. So I just didn't listen to the rest of the OST. But then I heard this and I was like, hey, this is really pretty good. This is kind of kicking. And then I looked into the game and it looks like a really neat little game. So. Before I introduce it, though, Daryl, what is our next trivia question going to be? Okay, Jeff. Question three comes from Gen 3. 
What was the type of Pokemon used in the Gen 3 gym where the fight was a double battle? Say it one more time. What Pokemon type was the theme of the gym in Gen 3 where the fight with the gym leader was a double battle? I hate the fact that I know the gym, the actual gym trainers, but I'm like, what type was I? <laughs> I know this. Time All to think. Right. I know All right. this. So, while you, you guys think about this. it, <laughs> while you guys think about it, the track that we are going to be listening to from Pokemon Duel, this is the main menu theme. And that was the main menu theme from Pokemon Duel. This track was also composed by Shota Kageyama, and this one was actually developed by uh, Heroz, company called Heroz, published by the Pokemon company directly without Nintendo's involvement, because this game came out for Android and iOS back in 2016. And Daryl, you mentioned when we were listening to the song that you have not heard of this game. Um, Purnell and Chukapau had either of y'all. Um, I've, 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 I've never heard of it I've either. Heard of honestly, it. I just never, I never played. Oh, wait, actually, no, no. I, I'm thinking Pokemon Masters. No, I have never heard of this game. The only ones I'd ever heard of that were on mobile were Pokemon Masters, Go. like that you mentioned. Well, Go, yeah. yeah. And then there was the precursor to Pokemon Rumble, but I thought that was also called Pokemon Rumble. So this, I'm looking at the Wikipedia now, which I don't like to do a lot, but for, for some of my tracks, because they came from kind of obscure games, uh, this was initially released for Android and iOS devices in Japan under the title Pokemon Co-Master in April 2016. <laughs> It was released in other territories as Pokemon Duel uh, in January 2017, and it was actually the the online service that people played on was discontinued one year ago, October 31st, 2019. So about a year ago, as this is going to be, uh, actually no, over a year ago after see, this now, this this. Uh, see now I'm curious as to what airs. kind of game this was. Like. Ah, uh, interesting. You should ask because that's the next paragraph. <laughs> okay. Pokemon Duel was a free-to-play digital board game set in the Pokemon franchise. It is based on the Pokemon trading figure game, which I did not know was a thing, 
Um, two players use teams of six Pokemon figurines, each with unique moves and abilities. Both players start with all figures on the bench and attempt to reach a goal point on the opposite side of the board, while preventing their opponent from doing the same thing. So, yeah. The battles involved a roulette-style wheel like with different segments from which a move is chosen randomly. So, yeah. That's what... Wow, that's <laughs> uh, Imagine now, playing Pokemon, but guy, whichever move you use is randomized. Does like you've played? No, I like board games, but that only goes so far. Like, I... That doesn't sound like something I particularly want to get down with, I don't I, think. I'm trying to get over the whole... You spin a wheel, like Wheel of Fortune... To choose an attack. I'm like... Yeah, that's not where I get... Like, that's that's too random. That's way too random. Clefairy. I like randomization use metronome. if it prevents people... <laughs> yeah, but I don't use... That's <laughs> why I never use metronome. But I hate that move for that exact reason. I just posted a screenshot in the chat if you guys want to scroll down to the bottom and... Even sleep up. talk. Sleep talk is like three oh, moves. Oh, yeah, and I, I hate sleep use that. talk. Oh, Snores. Oh, wait. This Snores is like sorry. Better. No, no. It's more like trouble. With the Pokemon like, Bubble. Yeah, it looks like the game Trouble just with Pokemon. Okay. Honestly, I could see me playing something like this on the Switch, but. Yeah, no, that random. Like, look, Pokemon itself is, as we like to call it, Orange Jesus. Ran it's sometimes random numbers. <laughs> so, to roll a. to spin a wheel as it is for something. No, no. I mean, <laughs> great concept. Um, just they. Uh, they fumbled trying to... Oh, God. I don't want to talk about football. <laughs> Honestly, I feel like they there is room to make a really good Pokemon board game, though. The problem is, every time they put someone takes a crack at it, they use like, these like licenses where it's like, okay, we got to make a game that five-year-olds will play. <laughs> and yeah. uh, you can't have to do any thinking when you play. You just want to say, Pokemon, go! And then... And then some guy happen. named Johnson goes... How about Pokemon Candyland? <laughs> Johnson, you're fired. Pokemon Monopoly. We could do that. They have Pokemon Monopoly, though. They've got everything like, Monopoly, man. That's what I'm saying. That exists. That's what I mean. They would do that. Pokemon Monopoly. And then they had that one to be a master board game, oh, um, Lord, which no. is only really loved in a sense of, like, it's Pokemon, so yay. But as a game, it was like, Guys, mm. I just... Um, but I feel like, for example, something like Pixel Tactics would be great with a Pokemon I said it's a great thought. I think it would be really good with a Pokemon We should all, game. like, get together and pool our resources and make... VGM podcast Monopoly. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. So, so my we, question: We all, right. we all, and we all terminate our friendships because we couldn't decide on the top five. Properties. Oh wait, wait. All I right, mean, everybody right, knows Boardwalk and so, Park Place. I'm sorry. They got to yeah. be, be Legacy Music VGM, Hour and VGM, and VGM Jukebox. What? What about Super Mercado Bros? <clears throat> the Mercado Bros have been around for a while. Exactly. They could probably See? be the green ones, like whatever they are. But the green yeah, ones. Yeah, there you go. They could be <laughs> but, like North Carolina. Or but you are right, um, Pernell. We we would all fight over who. <laughs> what everything else is, so... Look, I'm okay... Are you telling me I'm Baltic Avenue? I won't tolerate this! I'll be the electric company. I, I will Baltic volunteer Avenue. to I'm be I'm okay being Baltic Mediterranean. <laughs> I'll be the electric That'll be the company. insult people start passing around when we get into really bad arguments. Like, you're the Baltic <laughs> Avenue. Oh Avenue. my god, <laughs> yes! Oh, man. Ow! Ow! Alright, so, that was Pokemon Duel. Um, the music... Because you guys dug this, you were you were talking about it. Oh my god, yes, it's going on the it's going on the my bonus jazz episode, definitely. I was a fan of it. I liked it very much. I was tapping the foot and then the other foot. And I picked this also. The reason I subbed out the other um, Pokemon Rumble, I think the terminal theme is actually a remake of an earlier track, 
It goes like do 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 do. Anyway, that that's the the terminal theme from Pokemon Rumble. This sounded so different from anything else I found that I had to put it on the list because it was really good and it was different. I like to throw a little variety in there. So variety. All right, so back to the trivia, gentlemen. Daryl, remind us what our question was. Okay, I gotta put on my um Regis Philbin, who wants to be a millionaire. Okay, what was the Pokemon type used in the Gen 3 gym where the gym, the final gym fight was a double battle? Shoot, your answer. Psychic. Kate and Liza. Purnell, your answer. Well, I took a shot in the dark and said psychic. Both of you are correct. Yeah. The score is now tied 2 2. Nice. I'm going to step away for a quick second, gentlemen. You keep talking. I'll be right back. <laughs> the Baltic Avenue. Right, so that so that makes me think. Where would rhythm and pixels be mm. on the? I don't even want to think about it. I just like the fact that rhythm and pixels exist. <laughs> What's the red ones? <laughs> I'm just not Baltic freaking the... Avenue. We're not Baltic Avenue. If, if anyone's gonna be Baltic Avenue, it'd be my show because it's just starting. Like, oh wait, I just thought about it. VGM Journey, message Alex's show, like. That's a contender because he had Kevin Conroy on his show, man. Like, well, he, but, but, but he didn't have him as a guest. If I remember correctly, that was when he had him say like, "This, this is the VGM." Yeah, this is V. It don't matter, man. You got Batman <laughs> announcing your show. Yeah, but it, but there's the condition behind it though. It was a scenario. If I remember correctly, his girlfriend wrote to Kevin Conroy and said, "Could you record an opening what? line? Record like an opening line for my boyfriend's show for his birthday?" And he said, "Sure." Alex, marry this woman. So in that regard, it was a thoughtful gesture, and it's awesome that Kevin Conroy Man. did it, but there's a big difference between, hey, can you record a five-second snippet, and can you I come mean, on the take show? Still, and hang Alex out. should marry that woman. I'm sorry. Let, let me get a... Per- he probably will. They've been rolling for Man, a while. Let me get a personal message from like someone from like my childhood that I thought was like... like if, if like I got a voicemail from Stone Cold Steve Austin, like I'd be like, yo... That's what's up. Just, man. Yeah, but then again, like, you probably could. I bet if you wrote to him, it was like, hey, I'm like a big fan of yours, um, doing the show, and it'd be really gnarly if, well, correction, you'd have to make something, you can't be like, do it for my shit, to be like, I have this friend, let's call him Laryl, <laughs> and he really likes your, he really is a big fan of yours, and it'd be great if you would record an opening for a show. And you know, throw with a terminal <laughs> disease no while you're at it. I'll, I'll make, I'll make Laryl happy. It's Stone Cold Steve Austin, <laughs> he was in the VGM Fight Club, and that's the bottom line, because Stone Cold said so, and then you just hear glass breaking. <laughs> that's literally what it would be, too, that's oh a good God. nail for it. Because it just makes honestly, me think back to Celebrity Deathmatch yeah, when like, he was guest starring on the. Oh wow, shoot! You probably don't know oh, Celebrity Deathmatch. Oh man, uh, no, he does not. But I, I will introduce him one of these days. Celebrity Deathmatch is amazing. Yeah, because he. <laughs> how old is he now? He's um. Fi- he's fifteen. Oh uh, yeah, he. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's your kid. He. I, yeah. I, I was watching Celebrity Deathmatch at like the age of 12, 13. I would be fine with it. His mom probably wouldn't, but, um, <laughs> I, I, <laughs> but I mean, I've showed I've showed him some uh, episodes of Death Battle, which is kind of like Yo, Death uh, Celebrity Deathmatch awesome. these I'm days. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh, um, yeah, yeah, I get it. Like, well, that's like the boys. Well, you probably just love Death Battle because Pikachu got eaten by Blanca. Oh yeah, the <laughs> Pikachu smoothies. Although it's funny because um, 
So when I was my son Eric's age, Eric is six, I was watching like Robocop 2 and Terminator 2 with my dad, okay? Mm-hmm. Things like Freddy and Jason didn't scare me, Pinhead, Candyman, none of those guys scared me. No freak me out, Chuck. It was more of a logical thing because it's like, okay. Yeah. I'll never understand like, the freak out of Chucky. I'm sorry. That's like one of the ones. He's like he's one of the few '80s icon villain, like horror like villains he, that is manageable. Well, that's what that was. But, but he's remember, manageable. Daryl's watched him when he is a kid. Yeah, that's and what. So that's that, to a kid. Well, that's what I did the psychological, too. Even as a kid, a psychological fear because I'm like this thing is but yay big, and no one just punts him out a window. Does he have like? I, I started thinking like, does he have psychic powers a, to make people freeze, like, stand still in place? Because that would be my nightmares, like where it's me running from him, but I'm stuck in place. It's just people who didn't know how to deal with a doll. Movie magic in reverse. See, that's a lot deeper. I just thought, you know, as a kid, you already pretend action figures are alive, so maybe that just cuts a little too close to home for you. But basically, no, you're but then again, with this. but then again, we have movies like Small Soldiers and um, Toy Story. Man, Small Soldiers was so great. Oh my god. That was a great movie. Yes, it is. You know, I think Ugh. that's the next movie I'm going to put on for the kids to watch next time they come over. Small Soldiers. But thinking about small and uh, easily marketable things that uh, that fight each other all the time, let's get back to Super Pokemon. Oh wow, we've been recording this whole time? Holy crap. <laughs> yeah, we've got a yep. lot of tracks Daryl, to go. Um, so. <laughs> tell us, I guess, first of all, what is our next question going to be? Okay. And then tell us about our next track. And here we go with the... Who wants to be millionaire music? Alright, so... This question is from Gen 4. These two unique dual typings wasn't seen again until Gen 8. What is the typing, and what Pokemon has it? Okay, that's... That. Watch here, go shoot Oh, I know that! <laughs> that's bloody hell, man! Alright, tell you what, I'll make it easier, I'll make it easier. Okay, there was two unique dual typings that was in Gen 4, that one of them wasn't seen again until Gen 8. If either of you can at least answer one of them, and the Pokemon that it is, I'll give you the point. I almost like you should give a clue of some sort, like the one of the ha- one of the havings or something. Okay, okay. Alright, so, one of them, alright, one of them, you can't get to the post game. that being said. Uh, Bedroth, I guess the next track is mine, correct? Yes, sir. Alright, so... What gem was this one more time? Alright, Gen 4. Okay, there we go. So basically, Diamond and Pearl, and Platinum. Okay. Alright, so... Gotcha. Uh, the track we're playing is from a game, Pokemon Pinball, which technically was my very first Pokemon game. Uh, and I think... What's the track I chose? I chose High Score Screen, right? Yes, sir. Mm -hmm. High Score Screen, so... All right, sir, if you here will. we go.
All right, that was Daryl's first uh, post-intro pick of the night. That was the high score screen from Pokemon Pinball. This was composed by the man himself, Go Ichinose. Uh, I guess the second in command, sort of, if you think about these composers as being on a hierarchy, uh, Go Ichinose would be right after Junichi Masuda. This was published by Nintendo, developed by Jupiter and HAL Laboratory. So the Pokemon company was actually not involved with this particular one. This came out for the Game Boy Color in 1999. And Daryl, I think you said that you've got some uh, some backstory to share on this one. There we go. All right. So um, Pokemon Pinball was technically the very first Pokemon game I had. Um, growing up, we didn't get much in terms of video games, so like... Anytime I played Pokemon Blue and Red, it was like on someone else's Game Boy. Um, around the time, it was like, I think a month before Pokemon Silver came out, I was currently having a babysitting job for a friend of my mom's. And I saved enough money to buy a Silver Game Boy Pocket, oddly enough, off of a classmate of mine's named Doug. He sold it to me for 40 bucks, and it came with Pokemon Pinball. I took it home, I used to play the crap out of this game. Um... And me and my brothers, we would take turns, and just, I just, hearing this music, it just always brings me back to, it was a point in time in my life, things, again, weren't great, but, you know, I would go to school, I'd come home, and I would play this as much as I could, and, because, for once in my life, it was something that I bought with my own money, and it was something Pokemon related, so, for once, I felt included into this exclusive club that, for up to that point, I could only view from the outside, so to say. Cool story, man. So yeah, I can see why this game is uh, special to you. Probably not a whole lot to say about the game itself. It's a pinball game on the Game Boy, themed after Pokemon. <laughs> I mean, the one thing that it did have that I should have mentioned. So, uh, it, the Pokemon Pinball, it had a rumble feature on it, okay? Which required you putting a AAA battery into the game itself. So, you know, it kind of felt like an actual pinball game, so the game cartridge would shake. But honestly, uh, it... <laughs> I went through so many AAA batteries with that Game Boy Pocket. <laughs> yep. Uh, that's, that's cool. The Game Boy had so many iterations. Like, you think about... Shukapau has commented on how there's the DS, uh, the DS, the DSi, the DSi XL, the DSi. 3DS, the 3DS XI. There's all kinds of stuff. The DS history of DS. DS <laughs> but, but the Game Boy... Man, there were so many. Game Boy, the Game Boy Color and all the different variations, the Game Boy Micro, the Game Boy Pockets, the GBA. Um, Back man. in my day, we had to actually Well, I would say once you got the Game Boy Advance, I don't think that one yeah. technically counts with that line. Otherwise, you'd say the DS and the 3DS line were the same line, too. They just maintained the name. Yeah, I guess it I is mean, a similar thing. It's like an evolution of the They were the just trying to maintain the naming uh-huh. schema because it was something that was it was branding. They, people recognized Game Boy. Yep, recognizable. Exactly. Like Nintendo I mean, and Super I guess, Nintendo. I mean, honestly, they could have... Look, they could have just put Super Nintendo Pocket on the Game Boy Advance, because technically that's what it was, and it probably still was sold. <laughs> well, and they already had a Super Game Boy, um, which we've talked about a couple of times oh, yeah. on the show. But uh, this was a fun little I, track. I missed that thing. Daryl, I liked it. I liked that lead, um, that lead, whatever whatever it was. I think Maybe it was trying to be a saxophone or a trumpet or something, but it was cool, that lead instrument. Yeah, like, um, like I know a lot of people talk about, like, I'm not very... In terms, like, I'm not like Rob, where he knows so much about, like, arpeggios. I think there's few like that. people that are like that, honestly. honestly. He, he's got a neck. There, there you go, Pernell. Gift for Rob. Just get him a shirt that says, I love arpeggios. <laughs> um, 
But like, like I said, like when you listen to it, like again, it's the Game Boy sound, but it's so cheer- cheery and upper. It, it just, you know, it puts you in a good mood. It is, and like I said, regardless of the hardware, the composition here, it just, it can't be denied. This was really good stuff. Um, well, coming back to what I'm pretty sure is our hardest question of the night so far, gentlemen, have you found your answers yet? I got one, but the second one, I'm just total shot in the dark on the type, and I don't even know the type of the actual Pokemon itself. But I'm curious to learn. Okay, so allow me, allow me to answer, ask the question again. These two unique dual typing weren't seen again until Gen Eight. What is the typing, and what Pokemon has it? Shoot, your answer. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say Ghost Dark and Grass Poison. And what were the Pokemon? Uh, Wait, Pokemon in Gen 8? No, no, in no, Gen, Gen 4. 4. Oh. Uh, what, what was the Ghost Dark Pokemon in Gen 4? Spiritomb and Roserade. All right, Pernell, your answer. I'm already retracting my second one because Bug Grass was brought back by Levani, and that was in Gen 7, I think, not 8. Um, but still, Dragon was. What, Levani was Gen 5? With the Solar Blade? Yes. Yep. God, I'm old! Anyway! <laughs> Steel Dragon was Dialga, and that didn't come back until Gen 8 with my baby, Dur Luton. Um, oh, God. I got a story about that damn thing, too. Jesus but who's the other one, though? Alright, so. You're both right, but you're also both wrong. So shoot, Ghost Poison has been around. I mean, um, Poison Grass has been around since Gen One, Bulbasaur. Okay. So. Oh wait, no, I, I knew that. I mean, Grass no, Poison. Like, grass Poison. Yeah. The, the only pure Grass type in Gen One was Tangela, and then like most of the others were Grass Poison. I knew that. I thought you said, uh, used in Gen Four and then not used again until Gen. Oh no, no, say introduced. Typing. Like it was like, introduced unique. in Gen Four. Unique, so it debuted in Gen yeah. 4 and didn't come back until Gen 8. Oh, okay, that's what... Okay. All right, so, right. All right, so he got one right. But you got the Spirit other one right. Okay, and Pernell got one right. Yeah, the, other, um, was the other one. The other one was Ghost Dragon and it's Giratina. You didn't see Wait a Ghost a minute. Dragon type Ghost again. Dragon. Rewind real quick, eight. though. Rewind real quick, because I'm lost on this. You said Spirit Tomb Ghost Dark, right? Yes. Which gen was it? Might be the same gen, which might be the why it's like a trick question of sort. But when was freaking um the jerk Sableye introduced? Ah, dumb um, airplane when ghost was Sableye thing. Because uh, Sableye's ghost dark too. Freaking airplane ghost. Then was <laughs> gen Pokemon are weird. There are so many that it's hard to keep up some days. Okay, I will say that Sableye and Spiritomb are the only two. Yeah, ghost they are darks. the only two, and I Gen three. <laughs> And then they were complete. They had no weaknesses. And so now, so in that case, then the only there was actually your question only had one Pokemon as the answer. And then if the other one was that oh, one, actually, right? Oh yeah, you're right. So sorry, shoot, I gotta take the point away because the only two unique typings was Ghost. I mean, Dragon Steel and Ghost Dragon. And Giratina. So it was Ghost Dragon. Yeah, Giratina was the first one, Ghost Dragon, and Ghost Steel. I mean, Dragon Steel was the Alchemist. And you don't see both those typings again till Gen 8 with Doraldon, you traitorous, traitorous, traitorous thing, and Dreepy. <laughs> Dreepy's a jerk. Well, you know what, though, but that is Dural- all right. Doraldon was the... Doraldon no. is... You were looting. Dragon Steel. D- D- Doraldon 
What's the... Oh, Duraludon. That oh. does sound like a more likely pronunciation. Duraludon was the building one. Yeah, he becomes yeah. a building, but no one uses it because <laughs> pressure is a bad G-Max So let me explain something, okay? It's all right. Purnell's Duraldon. So before MAGFest this year, back in December, I was helping out various people who were preparing for MAGPL by catching different Pokemons in dens because I was using the time hack trick. Purnell was looking for a Duraldon with a specific nature and, mo- and um ability type. I was like, sure. Looked it up, found it, gave it to him. And he's wiped the floor with me on several occasions. I raised that thing. <laughs> I fed it. I You're nurtured right. it. I got its stats right for him. And then I fed it minerals and said, beat him up. It bit traitors. Beat your former master. Traitors. But I am glad that has worked <laughs> to for... To victory! I am glad it has worked for his gym. Yeah, Dural Luton is a Pokemon that my gym sorely needed, though, so I was so glad he got introduced. He's been, like, one of the few Pokemon that's turned around, turned, like, ECPL battles around for me, so... It's like, I was like, I'm starting to sweat. I'm starting to sweat, but not too late. We, you guys are making me jealous with all the MAGFest talk, because we're not probably going to be able to go until maybe 2022 at the earliest. <laughs> of course, nobody's going this year. Sorry, guys. But, <laughs> Look, I'm but sad. We have eight more rounds, so I'm going to okay, okay. get us going. Yeah, because yeah. this, this I don't think Darryl, 930 is going to happen. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Daryl, if I am keeping track, our next question is going to be a Gen 5 question. Gen is that right? That is correct. And Purnell, if I'm correct, our next track is going to be another Gen 5 track. Ooh, is that also correct? That is indeed the case. Look at us. All right, gentlemen. So, all right. what do we have coming up? So, Gen... All right, so the fifth question. You found this Pokemon in the ruins in Generation 5 and was at first mistaken as a legendary. What is it? Ah, I know. I know exactly what this is. <laughs> I use this in my Nuzlocke, and I absolutely love it. If you have it. the and answer Purnell. right, you're now my favorite young trainer. Now, when you say, when you is... say it was mistaken as a legendary, you're saying as in, like, just the general fan base was like, whoa, he's too strong to not be a legendary. No, it's because of the nature in which you found it, because it's just sitting in the middle of the ruins. Oh, I got you. Okay. All right, and Purnell, what track do we have coming up next? All right, this will be the Elite Four battle theme from Pokemon Black and White.
And getting back to Gen 5, that was the Pokemon Black and White Elite 4 Battle. This game, once again, composed by... Well, I'm not going to read them all. I read them a minute ago. This particular track was composed by Go Ichinose, uh, or at least arranged. The wiki was a little bit weird. I'm going to get back to that in a second. Um, and again, released on the DS in 2010. Now, is this a, like... Is the Elite Four theme a recurring piece of music that just gets rearranged in different games? Or nope. is it actually like a Only new piece of music game. in each game? And it's a freaking um, banger. It's, per, it's like the exact same in Black, White, and Black, John, White, too. Well, that, that makes a little sense, but... Okay, but but yeah, this this is a banger, man. Purnell. <laughs> this was a cool, cool, intense... Th- this feels like a battle theme. It's I it's feel really like cool. across all the E4 battle themes... This is easily the one that sparks the most anxiety, and I mean that in a good way because if I'm playing a if I'm playing a battle where I all the, where the cards are on the table, I want to feel anxiety. I want to feel like the, my back's against the wall, and this does it. And the way I usually play Pokemon, I usually enter the battle with underleveled Pokemon on my first attempt anyway, so <laughs> it's usually a struggle, which is why I like it that this track definitely carried the theme of struggling against odds so i've heard this theme so much because i've fought the elite four on my black two save i've had for years uh, like for money i've just like fought them again and again for money like uh, and <laughs> oh, i actually yeah, money recently the dollars, not yeah, like money. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah in-game money in-game money <laughs> <laughs> no no i know what he meant but it's just usually whenever i can't the only time i constantly re-challenge the elite four is by it well, is so I, can I have level a I have Pokemon. a full team of level one hundred so like dragons. So oh. <laughs> honestly, I fight. I fought them for exp and what money, so I can relate to I that. Usually, sprinting with an amulet coin and a really strong Pokemon, and just like steamrolled everybody to get quick cash. Yep. <laughs> uh, to get all the medals, you actually have to beat the elite four with a full team of every oh my God, every type. About the with, like. You have to beat them with only a certain type to get a certain medal, and like a like a mono type yeah, team. Yeah, that's right. Because I yeah. had. Uh, oh, I know, and there's also a yeah. medal where I remember there's this. also this a medal where you the, have to like was, beat um, them oh, with shoot. any single Pokemon. I've oh, seen wow. a screenshot of like just one Magikarp, and it just says "Welcome <laughs> to the Hall of Fame." And I'm like, how do you do that? I think there's a medal for that. I think there's a medal for beating them without any Pokemon getting fainted. I think there's a medal for beating them without switching out Pokemon. One of my favorite medals that I got, and I was done after this point, was beating them with a full bug team. And at the time, I was a bug gym leader. And I went through, and I just, I wrecked shop with, well, which leads us to our question. Nice segue. I'm going to miss this one, but let's see what, uh, let's see what Super Pal has for it, because I'm going to miss it. (laughs) All right, so. This is one of my favorite. two Pokemon, I'm guessing. Okay. You found this Pokemon in the ruins in Generation 5 and was at first mistaken as a legendary. What is it? Shoot. Your answer. Volcarona. Purnell, your answer. Wait, that really was it? My guess was like maybe Darmanitan. Darmanitan? Oh, I love Darmanitan. He's such your final answer. I'm sticking with Darmanitan. I got got a feeling Kapow's going to nail this one, though, but... Point to shoot. So was Volcarona? Yeah. Was it? I a, used Volcarona on my Nuzlocke. So the thing is, like, recently. was Volcarona like a post-game mod, or was he just you could just find him? No. Here's what happens. So no, you, if I'm correct, during the main game, you go to these ruins, 
and I forget what the reason for going to the ruins were. You're going through the ruins. It's like a, it's, it's like actually a full side thing. You go to the Pokemon World Tournament, then off to the side there's like these little ruins. You go down into them. Um, it's actually just like this relic pass, which you saw a little bit of in the Castelia City sewers. So you can go through here, and then off to the side there's this little passage that leads to like the little relic castle, which you can actually see a bit of in the desert by Nimbasa City. The desert resort, I think it's called. Um, and then you go like into the center room, then you find Volcarona. And it really does look like a legendary place. Exactly. It has like the field sprite. It's like really presented dramatically. And yeah, because it's just, it's literally sitting there floating in the middle of the room. And it's a lot bigger than what you would think it is. And my first thought is when I first yeah. got down there, I was like, holy crap, this is a legendary. And then kind of find out, <laughs> oh, it's not. It's just a. And the funny thing is, that is one of my mainstays on all my teams is Volcarona. That thing has won me yeah. so many matches. Cornell knows. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I hate Volcarona. It's, let's let's, like let's just get over it. Volcarona sucks. <laughs> Along with Mystery Dungeon, it's what made Signal Beam one of my favorite moves because in Mystery Dungeon it can reach like four spaces and has a chance to inflict confusion, which in oh, Mystery okay. Dungeon is really powerful. I mean, again, speaking I've of played any of these Mystery games. Dungeon. <laughs> Speaking of Mystery Dungeon, that is where we're going to go for our next track. Hey, but before kid, we nice get there and uh, Shukapau reads us in, Daryl, what is our Gen 6 trivia question? Alright, so Gen 6 introduced us to Mega Evolutions. Name at least three Pokemon whose typing changed when they Mega Evolved. Three, at least three, okay. At least three. They don't have to name them all, but at least three. <laughs> Yes, okay, right, there are three. Girls. Okay, gotcha. All right, and Shukapal, while y'all are thinking about it, what are we going to be listening to? Next up, we have Dialga's Fight to the Finish from Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Time and Darkness.
That was Dialga's Fight to the Finish from Pokemon Mystery Dungeon Explorers of Time and Darkness. <gasps> and it was composed by... Wow. Arata Yoshi, Hideki Sakamoto. Ooh, I know that name. Uh, Kaisuke Ito, Ryoma Nakamura, and Kenichi Saito. And I probably know that name because we have played so many Pokemon Mystery Dungeon tracks on this show. This game was published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company, developed by Chunsoft for the DS in 2007. So this actually came out before Black and White. I didn't know Pokemon Mystery Dungeon had been around for that long. Oh yeah, there was a. They, they would come out. I, I can't remember like when they first. Well, I guess this is probably the first one, but uh, they would release one after like every gen at that point, and it would just like introduce some of the new mechanics from the previous game. I think, but I don't know. Like I. I was surprised that the franchise even worked as well as it did, but I was glad it did. And I also like the fact that it actually gives Pokemon personalities instead of just being like, here's this Pokemon thing. Like, they're like living, breathing, talking entities. So how yeah, would you describe, for the uninitiated, Purnell, how would you describe uh, Pokemon Mystery Dungeon as a sub-series? Um, they are roguelike games fashioned after the Mystery Dungeon franchise, which is series of games where you go into randomly generated dungeon floors and you fight monsters in them. Movement takes place on one, you can move in eight directions. Every time you take a step, the enemies also take a step along with you. Um, there's generally some level of some sort of fatigue meter where if you like run out of energy, Pikmin. you will run out of health and die. Um, if you lose a battle, generally in these games, I can't remember how it works particularly in Pokemon Mystery Dungeon, but usually when you lose you get some kind of hefty penalty in the form of like maybe losing all the items you found on your yeah. run. Um, you like lose all the items you have, all the money, uh, unless you have like a tiny reviver seat to heal yourself. Oh, gotcha. So that yeah, like then, the roguelite elements you were talking about. So. And then the the post game, you if if a Pokemon is like defeated and you don't revive it, then they mega evolve. Hmm. Oh yeah, I remember. Cool. You Wait, your oh that's how I, you get a Pokemon. I uh. I know nothing about these games. I will say this. That track, I wish it played in the Battle Tree, like in the Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon games. Also, man, that is a morbid title. <laughs> it really is. And the track doesn't sound... I mean, it's 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 like this soaring, sweeping track. It, it, yeah, it sounds, sounds like, like a good a, battle tune, but it doesn't yeah, it sound like, like that... triumphant one, rather than... But, dark, intense, you know. Yeah, but shoot, that's the thing you, I like about Mystery Dungeon, from what little I know about them. Like, it again, it's like an actual, like, Pokemon universe. Like, Pokemon die in these games. Um, Jesus. They, they sacrifice themselves for their friends, like, in the literal sense, not the, oh, my, the power of friendship. Like, no, I am so, dead. So, so they jump in front of a hyper beam from a Gyarados and just kick the buck. Shoot. I need to know what is alright where does this track play I have no idea all I've played like is me during, Mystery Dungeon Rescue Team DX <laughs> yeah he actually like just got into the Mystery fight Dungeon. to the finish with Dialga <laughs> is Dialga fighting to the finish are you fighting him to the finish like just you're likely fighting Dialga tune in next week just the name of the track but <laughs> if you're but, using Dialga there is no losses <laughs> just wins but wait like, I'm just thinking about this though, so in Mystery Dungeon DX you're just like Climbing to the top of a tower in the sky with amazing music. Then you like fight Rayquaza, and then it's just like, hey, look up, there's a meteor, and Rayquaza blows up the meteor, and you almost die. But I'm just thinking about this. Like, all right, so the song's called Fight to the Finish with Dialga. Now, here's the weird thing. So, the whole purpose of Dialga and Palkia is space and time, 
Diago being the time aspect. So if Diago's about to lose, he could just reset the fight, so it never... It's not a fight to finish. <laughs> He's yeah. honorable. He's honorable. Man. This is where... <laughs> This is where Pokemon, like, you got to kind of suspend disbelief even more because isn't, I never know how to pronounce him, Arceus or Arceus, isn't that like Arceus. the Pokemon god? Arceus. He is Arceus. literally Pokemon god. Yes. And yes, you're god. fighting the Pokemon god, and, <laughs> and you can beat him. That's just weird to me. And put him in a ball. In a ball. Yep. And then he works for you. Actually, there's a, um, oh god, there's a YouTube series called Dorkly. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah I remember that one. Like, oh, my God. Like, don't make me fight God. Which recently, like, branched off, and uh, now it's called Lowbrow, Lowbrow Studios. Lowbrow Studios yeah, is, is, is now is what Dorkly used to be now. All but, right. but, yes, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, the, uh, <laughs> but... They did a great video related to Dialga, which you should... Oh, no, sorry, like, Arceus, which you should show Shukapau. As long as he's you're okay with him seeing some swears yeah. every once in a while. Oh yeah, but, yeah. You know, he knows Dorkly. It's funny that you mentioned this. So when Pokemon, all right. So in the post game, if you knock out a Pokemon, it mega evolves. So, which leads us to the question. Yep. So, all right. A shot. From Here we go. Daryl killing those segues tonight. All right. Generation six introduced us to mega evolutions. Name at least three Pokemon whose typing changed. When they Mega Evolve, shoot, your answer first. Mega Charizard X, Fire and Flying to Fire and Dragon. Mm -hmm. Mega Mewtwo X, Psychic to Psychic Fighting. And Mega Sceptile, Grass to Grass Dragon. Okay, Purnell, your answers. Alright, I took a shot in the dark on a couple of these guys, so if one of them is wrong, the other's going to be right. <laughs> I know it. So I'm naming four. Um... Charizard, I think it was X was the one that went to Dragon. Um, Agron became pure steel. I know because, yeah. Um, Ampharos, baby Amphi gets that nice dragon mane. And Lopunny, I don't remember for sure, but I think she gets fighting. Because she's like a kickboxing rabbit. Okay, you're both correct. So, right. very cool. That, was any no, of mine wrong, though? Correct. Now, it's funny that um, Shoot mentioned oh. the Sceptile thing, because I found that out myself yesterday, that Sceptile became Grass Dragon when it Mega Evolved, because I was like, what? I did not know this? Because, let's see, everyone that Mega... Alright, so, the ones that you guys didn't mention, uh, Gyarados became Water Dark, which was awesome, and it got Mold Breaker. Altaria oh, became Dragon Fairy. Oh, yeah, Aldino that... Aldino gained the... Um, Cotton Bird. became Normal Fairy. Uh, and Pinsir mm -hmm. became Bug Flying, and it gave this ability, which was really crazy, oh, yeah. where all its attacks turned to flying attacks. So, if you gave this thing, like, quick attack, mm -hmm. it was a flying quick attack. It was ridiculous. Wow. So, so. so tell me again, Shukabel, uh, or Daryl, what does Charizard turn right, to so when he turns into Mega this, Charizard? Um, so, Char um, so Charizard in Mega this Char one... Mega Charizard. Um, there was two Pokemon that had two different Mega Evolve forms. That was Charizard and Mewtwo. Uh, Mewtwo had Mewtwo Y and Mewtwo X, where Mewtwo X, like she explained, became Psychic Fighting. Charizard had Charizard Y and Charizard X, where Charizard Y, uh, became, it was still Flying Fire, but it gained the ability, um, I think, ah, uh, what's that thing? I forget what the ability's called, but it cast Sunny Day. And Charizard X became Dragon Flying, I mean, Dragon, Dragon Fire, yeah, that was it. Okay. which gained, you know, that's why you see the, like, dark blue and black Charizard. 
So that's yes. the... Uh, Which I mostly know from Smash. Same thing mm-hmm. with Mewtwo. <laughs> Which, to this day, I'm like, okay, um, yeah, sure, let's just keep giving Charizard all the extra stuff. Charizard was in Gen 8 first before Blastoise and Venusaur. It's always about Charizard, even though he's the weakest of the three! Well, yep. I don't have a... Uh, garbage. I don't have a... Um, a what do you call a stoutland in the fight? <laughs> nice, this, but nice. all I can say is, uh, all I can say is, I'm just glad Charizard finally has Dragon as one of its types in one of its evolutions because that just never made sense to me. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> they got megas. yeah Gen uh, Eight. They got rid of all the Mega evolutions. Ah. But hey, now it can become very large. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's great. Yeah. Like Jabberwocky Charizard. All right. <laughs> okay. Um. So as we approach. Well, as we pass the halfway point now, Daryl, what are our what do our points look like? All right. So so far, the gentlemen are both tied four for four. Wow. All right, guys. This old man still got it. it neck and neck. Okay. Um, go ahead, sir, and give us our next question, and then I will introduce our next track, which I'm probably the most excited about this one of all the tracks tonight. Yeah, I am. I I, I can't wait to hear this track too because I don't know what it is. Um, Alright, so, question number seven. Gen 7 introduced Z-moves, parentheses, C-hyper combos. How many Pokemon received personalized Z-moves? Now, this is a multiple choice one. Oh. Okay, so I will give you all three different numbers, and you'll pick which number you think is the best one, okay? So, either 17, 12, 19. These are personalized Z moves, as in not just like it's like 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 like, Pika, like um, instance, and Z or whatever. P- yeah, Picasso's fee. Um, Mimikyu had um, Twinkle Tackle. I remember that. So this will be an interesting yeah. one. But at least so, it's multiple choice, but still uh, barf. And while y'all think about this, so I'm going to introduce this game briefly. Um, I listen to lots of video game music podcasts, as everybody knows. One of them is the Rock Out With Your Card Out podcast, which is hosted by Jason Ariola. And Jason recently had Alex Messenger on his show. And they played – the theme of that episode was What Did I Just Listen To?, which is songs that <laughs> you hear them and you're like, that came from that game? What? One of the games they featured was Learn With Pokemon Typing Adventure, which I never knew existed. <laughs> Um, and the reason I've recently found out that I never knew it existed is because it was never released in North America. It was released in territories outside Japan, but never in North America. The music in this game is amazing, and this is probably my favorite song on the whole soundtrack. Uh, from Learn With Pokemon, Typing Adventure, this is Great Paradise.
All right, that was Great Paradise from Learn With Pokemon Typing Adventure. This was composed by Azusa Chiba, Masaharu Iwata, and Kimihiro Abe. The music supervisor was Hitoshi Sakimoto. Set of gentlemen that we were probably not super expecting to hear on a Pokemon playlist, but really, really high VGM pedigree with uh, Sakimoto and Masaharu Iwata partnering on a lot of games over the years. This was... Again, published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company, developed by Genius Sonority, who I think we're going to hear from again at some point here. Anyway, this was released for the DS in 2009. As I said, everywhere except for North America. What did you guys think of this track? Unexpected, I guess, which is pretty much what you were likely expecting to hear, (laughs) because I was not (laughs) expecting it to sound like that. Um, But I guess it would be rather fitting for a typing game by virtue of if they want to put like a bit of like excitement, like in like pacing on like, okay, type out a couple sentences. Like I could totally see that fitting the mood, but I also wouldn't have expected it to be in the game. Like the sound like that good. Yeah. Only thing I can say is Kirby Kart Racers by Capcom. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You and Chukapau were discussing how it sounded like all those things. And um, so the game was released with a uh, USB or no, a Bluetooth keyboard in a lot of different regions. Um, But you could also use it with the stylus. So like you're typing with the stylus. And I just feel like I would destroy my DS screen (laughs) if I were typing with this kind of intensity on a DS screen. That's weird. Now it got me thinking if it played like Typing of the Dead sort of where you have to type within a certain time frame and also like what was the premise like you typed a word and you caught the pokemon how fast you typed it it yes i think like you go out you look for pokemon and you have to um spell their name type their name correctly in a certain amount of time in order to catch them the professor in this game is professor um oh what's his name uh it's like his first his first name starts with a Q, and his last name is Wordy, W-E-R-T-Y. <laughs> so, Professor Q Wordy. <laughs> um, and your partner in the game is a girl named Paige, P-A-I-G-E. Last name is Down. Paige Down. <laughs> so. <clears throat> but, Pokemon typing, amazing music, you wouldn't expect it. Daryl, let's get back to our question okay. for Gen 7. Kirby Kart Racers. Come on, Capcom. I'm, I'm here, I'm here. Daryl! <laughs> Uh-oh. Alright, so... There we go. question was... <clears throat> Gen 7 introduced Z-Moves, aka Hyper Combos. How many Pokemon received personalized Z-Moves? Now, this was a multiple-choice question, so I'll read back the answers again. Either 17, 19, 12. Shoot. Your answer. Where'd you go with shoot? Uh, I have absolutely no idea. I'm just gonna say twelve. For now, I I also have absolutely no idea. So my best guess was seventeen. Unfortunately, Cornell was right. Don't you? What? You, <laughs> what? Why is it gotta be unfortunate? I'm allowed <laughs> to be right. I don't know, man. I just feel like you, uh, I mean, come on, you, you over here beating on this poor kid. Shame on you, Pernell. Hey, 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 he's hey. got youth on his side. I need what I can get here, Shame man. Give you. me my knowledge. And to be you're, honest, you're the old you know, guy. When you think about percentages, think about percentages. Shukabao has been playing Pokemon I... for more of his life 
than Prunell has. He's been, even if Prunell's been playing it for twice as long. <laughs> I've been playing the game longer than Shoot's been alive. I mean, I'm just so, saying, you know, you're literally. the guards. It's time to move on, you know. But to, but to cover my due, though, the reason why I even got that guess was because, quite frankly, by knowledge of how they were releasing those darn things, I knew 12 was too low. Because every t- they, were, they were constantly announcing, every time they, they would like, announce, like, they were giving them to, like, Pokemon that were getting brought back into the game, like, old former starters and mess. And then, like, they gave one to every starter from that, from that current gen. And they were just constantly announcing new ones on a whim. But I also figured 19 would be a trick question because that would be just too much. Like, just by virtue of the fact that 19 is just like a high number, but then 17 is really close to it. I'm like, nah, I, I think still that's think too much. That, so, Incineroar uh, Z move just, it sealed it for me. Like, first off, um, I'm a huge wrestling fan. Huge wrestling fan. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember yes, you were geeks yes, for that. So. It was funny when Ultra, when Sun and Moon were announced, I didn't know what started to go with because I was looking at the Water Starter, Poplio, and I'm like, because this was one of the first generations where I didn't go looking to see what the final evolution was going to be. So when I saw Poplio, I'm like, okay, we got a seal, we got a owl, and we got a cat. I was like, I don't know which one to go with. So I have two sons. Uh, Eric is six, Delios is five. Uh, when Eric was first born, I tried to put him onto Squirtle. He wasn't hearing that. He wanted Pikachu because I got his mama stuffed Pikachu and he threw the squirrel to the side. Broke my heart. Um, still, else was different. <laughs> so, you know, you see Betrayal. the videos of people taking their kids to like places and letting them pick their first starter Pokemon via plushies. So we went to GameStop and at the time GameStop had every starter plushie from every gen, including the current gen that was coming out that year, which was Gen 7. So we lined this plushies around Stilios and we let him choose. And at first he was going to go Bulbasaur, which his mother then referred to as a frog with a plant on its back. <sighs> which it is. Boy, I will reach through this. <laughs> it's a dinosaur. No, it's a it, dinosaur. It is confirmed so, as a frog. It literally Wait, is a one? frog with a plant which, on its back. Pokemon? That is the definition of Bulbasaur. But he has dinosaur feet. It's a no. sore. He's a dinosaur. No, it... <laughs> But it is a frog. That's what it is based on. I mean, technically, let's be, let's be it's a let the man finish his story. Go ahead, Daryl. <laughs> I love all this. Uh, so, technically, Stilios was going to choose Bulbasaur yeah, based on a frog. But instead, he turned around and he chose Litten. I'm like, all right, well, I guess I know what my starter type's going to be. And he still has that stuff, Litten. So, as I'm playing through the game and I'm playing with this thing, it evolved into Toracat. I'm like, all right, so it's probably going to be like a tiger or something like that. So when this thing evolved into basically, it had a belt made out of flames. And then its Z-move is it summons a <laughs> giant ring and it gets on top of the gold, on top of the ring post and does a full body superfly Jimmy Snooker splash off the top onto the opponent. I'm like, Sandy, Sandy Ravage. <laughs> I think it's amazing. I'm, I'm, I'm actually stuck on that statement, actually, because I'm going to honestly openly admit right now that I just learned that concept of him being a frog from shoot just now. Because up until now, I was like, I know he's something, but I didn't put a lot of thought into it. I mean, it makes sense. Be a frog, I mean, I, I see what Bedroth's saying. Like, I can it has sore on it, and its legs aren't bent like a frog. But I guess it makes sense. But at the same time, I'm just like, you're not just going to call one of the original three starters a frog with a flower on its back. Like, well, I mean, what would you, what would you call it? I mean, if he wasn't a frog, what would he be? Bulbasaur is the best one. That that's weird though. It also makes that gen 
the only one where all of the starters, like their real world counterparts, are in the same animal group because they're true. all amphibians. You got a turtle, you got a salamander, yeah, and you got a frog. Now that's some trivia. Huh. Huh. Here comes like he's like Daryl's over there scratching. Cause like, wait a second. Okay. No, here's no, a new no, question. no. These questions are locked in. I did my research. <laughs> you guys carry us into the next segment real quick with Daryl's next track because I'm going to take a call from Mrs. Bedroth and I'll be right back. Oh, <laughs> well, he's you in trouble. Talking. I forgot to take out the trash. <laughs> All right. So the next track is from my favorite game in the entire series. Um, I've been a fan of like. There's a good story behind this one too, but uh, it's from Soul Silver, and it is the Champion Lance and Red Battle theme. So this is a theme that plays when you fight Lance in Elite Four, and also when you fight Red in the Pulse game. That was Battle vs. Red theme from Pokemon Soul Silver and Heart Gold. The game was composed by Goichinose, Shota Kageyama, Hitomi Sato, and Junichi Masuda and Takuto Kitsuda. This particular track was composed by Shota Kageyama. This was published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company, developed by Game Freak, released on the DS in 2009. Takes me back. Yes, it does. Oh, just. Um. For those of you wondering why I picked this particular track, so as I stated earlier, um, sad and a good story as also. So around the same time when I got the Pokemon Pinball, um, it was a month before Pokemon Silver came out. Um, I saved up enough money from babysitting to go ahead and go buy the game. Now, on this particular day that the game came out, it was raining. So I walked all the way from my mom's house on... I live in Harrisburg, well, lived in Harrisburg, PA. I still live in PA, just High Spire. Uh, from our house all the way to what we call the Harrisburg East Mall, which is about a good mm, 30, 45 minute walk uh, there and 45 back, so about an hour. Uh, walked up there, bought the game. On the way back, stopped by a store, got me some snacks, bought as many AAA batteries as I could buy, and I sat and I played this game for hours that weekend. I was truly and wholeheartedly obsessed with this game like i would get up early to catch certain pokemon at certain times i was always um entering the bug con catching contest i think what was it tuesdays or wednesdays for now oh i don't even remember i think it was, i want to say tuesdays okay so to either way like i was 
obsessed with this game. If you saw me anywhere, I was playing this game, and honestly, the game was my escape to get through what all I was going through at my, at that point in time in life, and it helped me through it. Um, sadly enough, though, uh, somewhere along the way, there was an incident where I was um, I got into a fight with a bunch of people, or as we like to call in the hood, I got jumped. And when I did, they stole my Game Boy Pocket, along with my Soul Silver, with my Pokemon Silver. So, so I didn't get the game back for like a long, long time. Uh, when Soul Silver came up, came out, I immediately bought it, and just all the memories came back. So I decided to go with the track from Soul Silver because the music was a little bit more updated, and like Bedroff said earlier, you know, say what you want about Game Boy and the DS sound, but this this track just. Anyone that has ever played these games, obviously, they hear this theme, they just think, man, these fights, especially against Red. Yeah, the Red fight back in the day was definitely a rather iconic push, like, to say, like, they basically characterized the original trainer that you used in the first game. It's like, yep, that's actually him. He had a, Which, he had a level 97 Pikachu! Just, just no. Of all the Pokemon, and it was just, but, um, Soul Silver. another thing I really loved about Soul Silver. And it's something that I really wish they'd have kept in, like, later games. Soul Silver introduced, uh, there was a thing called a Pokeathlon. And it was a mini-game where you could choose different Pokemon and you could play different mini-games with them. And you used the stylus. Like, I think one was a racing game, one was, like, a kind of, like, Pokemon Rumble. It was great. Me and my friend Justin, um, we sit there and play that for hours at his place. Just, it would just be me and him sitting there for hours on our DSs playing that. His wife will come and be like, are you two still sitting here <laughs> playing Pokemon? Which we both will look up at her Pokemon. and be like, why are you even here? Yes, um, I. it's funny because I chose the Soul Silver track because I went back and listened to the original Silver track. And I just, I feel the Soul Silver track brings more like just oomph to it. I mean, it might be because of the updated, you know, um, sound, I guess sound chip or sound card. But just, I remember like, I remember playing this game. And I already knew, I was like, alright, I'm gonna get to Red again, I'm gonna fight him. I remember this music playing, and it's just be like, yo, this fight is just more epic with this music. Because I remember fighting Red, and I remember the first time I fought Red in the original, it came as a shock. Because in, for those of you who don't know, Soul Silver, Heart Gold, and Pokemon Silver Gold, when you beat the main game, the first eight gems, you can go back to the original game. Well, you can go, it makes you go back to the original region, Kanto, and you can fight those eight gyms, and then fight the the Elite Four again, where their Pokemon are higher levels. And after you beat them, you get to go to, I think it's uh, Mount Silver? And if you get to the end of Mount Silver, there is Red from the original game, and he has a stacked team. And the funny thing is, in Soul Silver, I think this is the first time... Yeah, and I think this is the first time Pikachu had the move Volt Tackle. And the way he does it on the game in Soul Silver, the screen fills up with like lines of electricity across the field. And you're just like, what is this madness? Okay, uh, this, uh, this game though, like, um, it means so much to me because it, uh, Silver was honestly the first Pokemon game in the main series I actually bought. Uh, it helped me, like, it helped me through like a bunch of rough times in my life where like I I didn't have the greatest childhood and Pokemon was the one thing that like I was able to focus on because it was like okay I had a bad day at school home life wasn't that great but 
and them few moments where I had some alone time and I could sneak away because technically wasn't supposed to be playing my Game Boy, I was at peace. Like, everything wasn't that bad. The world wasn't this dark, cruel place as it is. So, like, I always loved, to me, silver and gold, and those are always the best ones. And Soul Silver and Heart Gold made that game even better, especially with a thing that I wish they would bring back, the uh, Pokeathlon, which was just a bunch of mini-games that you could play with your Pokemon, with your friends, on your DS. It, it was great. <laughs> If it's one thing that Game Freak is notorious for is taking, creating a cool feature and then we're immediately getting rid of it, never to bring it back for reasons that make no sense to anyone but Game Freak, and I'm not even sure if they get it. True. I mean, when's the last time we had an actual Pokemon Stadium game? Like, all right, we've had Coliseum, we've had Battle Revolution, but everyone knows what was the funnest thing about Pokemon Stadium the mini games. Well, the minigames part doesn't even click with me as much anymore because now we, I mean, with Mario parties in existence and every Indiana of the Sun doing its own type of minigame, like, that angle's covered. It's mostly things like the Frontier or actual, or the events that let you interact with your actual Pokemon more. Or, I don't know, like, bring back the actual, like, good fashion stuff, like, actually let you unlock fashionable stuff, mind you, like, so... The idea of like getting an outfit that you earned from like winning a tournament, which means that that's an outfit that is special in the game. It's not just I bought it at the boutique for five bucks or five Pokedones. Yeah, that is um, that is true. But that was something that I I'm a little irked about. I do have to point it. in Gen Eight. Um, you can as well was it? Gen, I think Gen Seven or Gen Six, one or the other, whatever one X and Y was. You can start buying clothes. All right, Gen Six. Yeah, you can start buying clothes. For your characters but then here comes gen 8 and it's like okay i'm sorry it seems like the female characters have so much better options than the male avatars yep. and it pains me because i see some of my friends with their female avatars i'm like yo that looks so awesome and it and then i'm looking at my guy he he got a shuckle shirt with some ripped jeans and the shuckles eating curry yeah and, shuckle yeah you know, and, well admittedly i wouldn't mind a shuckle eating curry on my clothes i mean but, but eh. I'll live. I, I think Chuck the other thing awesome. that irked me was um, the skin tone. <laughs> so my youngest son, he's his mother's skin tone, which is slightly darker than me. Mm -hmm. I could not find a skin tone for my avatar that was my skin tone. And I'm just like, well, ready to go, Game Freak. You know, we got, you know, Caucasian. Slightly darker Caucasian. <laughs> Nothing Latin in here. Oh, African-American, light-skinned African-American, dark-skinned Latin American. Just what is this? No. Come on. White. Yeah. Whiter. Slightly whiter. Thank you. <laughs> Man, but I remember back in the day, like, the king of customization in video games for me was, um, have you guys played, like, the N64 era, like, wrestling games? You know, nope. like the... Uh, uh, you mean, like, these ones that sit next to me, No Mercy? WWE, no way. WCW versus NWO? Yes. <laughs> yeah, man, No Mercy was, oh, like, man. the best. <laughs> I can attest to that because I, I damn near got every WWE. Oh man, you got to edit that out too. I got dang near every WWE game that usually comes. Like it's like some people get mad in every year. I usually get the WWE games every year. Uh, we're not going to talk about the abysmal that was 2K20. We, we don't talk about that. <laughs> Let us not. But speak yeah, that. <laughs> their customization features are madness. Although I will say to this day, Day of Reckoning for the Nintendo GameCube and Day of Reckoning 2 was probably peak. WWE customization for wrestling games because you had 
games like um, I missed out on that. I forget what was out for the Xbox and PS2 at the time, whose customization options were nowhere near what Day of Reckoning was. So, but again, Nintendo's the best. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm not sure what we're talking about. Why don't we just uh, go back to the to the question? Okay, so okay. the eighth question is from Gen Eight. Gen Eight has given us Dynamax. How many Pokemon to date? Have G-Max forms, excluding Melmetal. Now, to verify, G-Max, even though Dynamaxing, Dynamaxing and G-Max are two different things, you can Dynamax a Pokemon. G-Max form is the Pokemon changes form completely into looking like something different from what it originally is. For instance, G-Max Blastoise literally has kind of like a fortress on its back. So, to date, how many Pokemon to date have G-Max forms, excluding Melmetal? Their answers are either 30, 25, 31. Shoot, your answer. Um, uh, I, I feel like it's, uh, it's 30 because, 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 you know, 31 might be counting Eternatus, which is not Gigantamax, it's instead Eternamax when you fight it on top of, uh, Rose Tower, or wherever it is. Alright. I'm going to go the opposite end of the spectrum this time. I'm going to try 25, because I'm having trouble remembering all of the G-Max moves. Unfortunately, for now, feel like... you're incorrect. Which yeah, was exactly. it? Exactly. It's 30. So, yeah! Darn it. Yes! <laughs> yes. It, it's funny nice. because... Alright, I had to go back and look at something. So, I said Pokemon, not like how many different forms there are. So, if I were to go different forms, it'd be well over, because at least, I think, one or two different Pokemon... Have two different G Max forms. One of them being yeah, like, Apple. Uh, Toxicity has Heike and Loki. It has two different G Max forms. Wait, wait, wait. A- Applin and Applin. No, no, he has a G Max. There's a G Max Apple like, but he doesn't have a G Max move? No, he does. I think it's, um, I think it was called. That's what I mean. He but, has, um, a G-Max he has two different form, G Max but he doesn't have a G Max move. He has move. his, um, Apple. I forget how it is, but it's the Frapple and the other one. Like, it depends on what form he takes. Yeah, but that's two different Pokemon. It's Flapple. Yeah, it's Flapple. That's an evolution. I still Appleton count it as just one Flapple. Pokemon. <laughs> he just has two different... Yeah. Oh, that's... They're two mine! I count it as yeah, one, yeah. okay? Like, look, no, I'm sorry. It, like, you're not going to get me... That's like saying, okay, it, there's two... It, there's it, six it counts, thunderous landers. They're two different Pokemon. You use two happen. different evolution methods for them, like... Now I gotta look this up because now I'm wondering if they have the sec. I think they have different G Max moves too. No, they're, they're putting me on the spot, Daryl. <laughs> like, do you count all the evolutions as one Pokemon? Not exactly. So with the Eevees, they're all their own different one. But the Appleton yeah, is just different a different Pokemon. form. It depends on how you evolve it. Because either way, just like still, the evolutions. The only thing that changes. When you, you realize you, you that the evolution in favor of <laughs> you realize that if you win this argument, you lose the oh, point. Oh, oh, let me look this up. There are two different well, yeah, moves. But that's G-Max, I'm, I'm looking. <laughs> I'm 100 percent looking at integrity it up right in now. your Pokemon answers. <laughs> yeah, right now I'm, I'm that, looking at it right now. There's G-Max Tartness. I gave it to the kid. That's all there is. I'm the quiz master here. They have two different moves, and they're two. No, for now, go for initiative. I'm the ref. Because apparently it's G-Max Tartness. Tartness is Flapple. It lowers the evasiveness of all opponents. And sweetness is Appleton. And it um, heals allies of status conditions. Is this his Jeep? Alright, so... I would use (laughs) either, personally, but... (laughs) That's just me. Because I'm talking about the G-Max form, not the move. (laughs) Yeah, the G-Max form is the same for both of them. Alright, music episode's cancelled. It's all about Appleton. Ah! 
<laughs> no, for that, for now, now you have to go fight Pondering Boulder. Uh, who? I, uh, it's a D&D turn. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> you don't need D&D. Nah! Nah! Oh my god, really? I, part of me kind of feels like that's lazy on their part, too, to make them the same, make them look the same. They could yes, at least make the coating, the, the goo different colors. They have the literal same sprite I with mean, different moves. Saying, like, you could lazy. also say the same thing about the fact of, okay, Melmetal is strictly only to Pokemon Go and Let's Go, but then it's getting a G-Max form and they're porting it over to the Switch eventually, and it's just like, but I can't actually... So, you tell me if I want this one Pokemon, I have to mm -hmm. either... <laughs> but that's yeah. not lazy. That's and... just being smart to make you play that plastic game. It's all about them Poke Dollars, man. Yep. <laughs> Speaking of which, I've got huh? money riding on this game. So, what's the next question, Daryl? All right. So, now that we're out of all the gens, the next couple of questions are more bonus questions. So, for each question, there will be a point for the regular answer, and there'll be a bonus point if they can answer another part of the question, which I'll ask after they give the answer. Oh, you're adding rules. No, I already told you this. Yeah, basically. Haha. <laughs> all right. So, question nine: <laughs> Which Pokemon type is there the most of? Ooh. And I have the exact so, yeah. so that, Okay. Right, so that being said, uh, Sir Bedroth, what is our next track? <laughs> All right. Next up, I believe we have a track from Pernell. So, uh, and from um, a spinoff game, you're treading on my territory. <laughs> <laughs> so, Pernell, why don't you uh, introduce the next track for us? Yes, we did, actually. So the next track comes from the game Pokemon Puzzle League on the Nintendo 64. It is Koga's yeah. theme from said game. Um, yeah. As you heard, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so hopefully you enjoyed as much as this last weekend does. It's the closest thing I'll get to a Tetris Attack sequel. That was Koga's theme from Pokemon Puzzle League. This game was composed by a lot of brand new names to this list. John Siegler, Mary Parayo, Luis Cortelezzi, Ken Kuminos, Neil Jason, Michael Whalen, Ralph Shekevitz, Brian Steckler, and Lawrence Schwedler. <laughs> 
published and developed by or published by Nintendo, developed by Nintendo Software Technology, and released on the N64 in 2000. Now, this was a um, it was a puzzle game, and this one used uh, some of some of the music and also like a lot of the look of the anime, right, Pernell? Yeah, it was pretty much built specifically with the, um, using anime anime assets. Like it even has like Tracy in the game at some point, which, as you know, was only in the show. Um, this game was one of the many Pokemon games specifically intended to take advantage of Pokemania that had been occurring during this specific window of time. Um, what do you so mean we, occurring? It's still occurring. Not like that it was. like I mean, don't get me wrong, it never really truly died down, and Pokemon Go definitely gave it another kick in the pants as far as like outs- um, you know, influence outside of video gaming in general. But um, at that time, it was like a rather special time because the anime itself was big time, the game itself was new, mm-hmm. and Pokemon was enjoying a huge surge of social popularity because like the news was picking up on it and stuff like this is this crazy phenomenon this pokemon franchise pokemon cars were selling on like on like in schools oh, yeah. and mess people were buying like shiny charizards for <laughs> shiny stupid Charizard. amounts of money for no reason which um, if i could interject real quick it was definitely recently someone uh the retired rapper retired right logic just bought a first edition near mint con- basically mint condition holographic charizard for close to $220,000. Jesus crap. See, that's the thing, like, Pokemon the trading card game hasn't stopped being made since it came out way back then. They're still making new sets, and yet, I've not heard of any cars that still flip, like, the freaking shiny Charizard or whatever, hollow Charizard from way back when. Like, it's almost like no one even cares about the current ones. Now it's just the people who play the game buy those. But... Old people who have no concern and desire to play the game are still looking for shiny Charizard. What? It was a phenomenon. Phenomenon, that's why. But, like, yeah, it was a a big thing back then. People were losing their marbles over it, and it was something. But with the case of the Pokemon Puzzle League game, they took an already established puzzle game franchise called Panel the Pond um, and decided to snap the Pokemon label on top of it to sell it with branding power. And I believe they did pretty well with that because the game did sell pretty well. Um, they used actual voices from the video game, from the TV show, and animation images from the TV show. I think they even had like an animated opening too. It's been a while, so I don't quite remember that cool. part. But uh, it was a great game in its own right, though. Like even if it didn't have the Pokemon label. In fact, personally, I think it would have been better if it didn't because I'd have been happier not hearing "Play with me" or whatever random quips <laughs> the show characters were saying every time I made a combo. Oh yeah, um, Ash but <laughs> go Pikachu, go Pikachu. Yeah, I get it. I get oh, it. Also, uh, I'm here um, to play Tetris Attack. Thank you. Something that uh, people will also find interesting in this game was one of the first times. You could, um, they had the actual Elite Four members in there, and you could pick and choose to fight with them while doing, um, Ash is annoying. the challenge. So, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, wow. it makes sense, like, because they were all, like, your skins. I think you can even play as, like, Team Rocket. Yes, you can. They <laughs> <laughs> uh, pretty much went all so in cool. on it, and I want to say that, part of me wants to say that, like, Giovanni was, like, a hidden battle, but I'm sure, I don't think he really I was. I think he was in But the I game. got a feeling there was, like, someone that was. No, he was in the game. I'm just trying to remember. I feel like there was like a hidden battle that you can only get if you did if you went undefeated on like a story mode run or something. But I could be wrong. It's been a long, long time. Has so like ever been re-released? No. Nope. Hmm. 
Oh, wait, wait. Oh, oh I'm correct. I'm wrong. Um, the game was released on a virtual console May 5th, 2008. Huh. Ah, Bird VC. That makes sense. I'm thinking like a full-on like re-release. Like You can buy it for like the Switch or That'd something. That'd be nice. I mean, we are getting but, Pokemon Snap, too. Yes, Pokemon Snap, oh, too. Yeah. I mean, we, we just had that conversation. Just buy Flip-On. <laughs> we just had that conversation. Buy Flip-On and be done with man, it. No, I'll... I'll, I'll <laughs> look, man, I The only thing it'll be lacking is the cylinder mode. Oh, wait, hold which, on. Which, honestly, I also right, so kind of So here's wait. what it is. All right, so... This is stupid, in my opinion. All right, so I'm looking at characters. All right, it says here, uh, the game had different modes. Um, let's see. Da, da, da. Gio, Giovanni is the last opponent of easy mode. Bruno is the last opponent of normal mode. Gary with his evolved Pokemon is the last opponent of hard mode. In very hard mode and super hard mode, Mewtwo is the final <laughs> opponent. And beating him gives the player the true ending of the story in, player, in one player stadium mode. Okay. Cool. Oh, okay. So there's no hidden and no hidden characters. It's just difficulty yes. based. All right. So okay, that makes sense then too. I'm okay with the idea when games like okay, you have to actually step up your levels to play against the harder people. Yeah. I can. I so do you actually like use you just... the Pokemon's like special powers and elemental types and stuff? No. Nope. Which is it was a hundred percent skin. Yeah. It was basically <laughs> skin. the only way they did it was. You, you choose the person you want to use, and then, like, each round was represented by, like, the person's Pokemon. So it was, like, best two out mm. of three. So, like, your mons get knocked out, and that's it. There was no special abilities, no, like, oh, you chose um, Lorelei. She, first Pokemon is Dugong. You can't freeze the other opponent's blocks. It's just, oh, well, you made blocks, and giant gray block appeared because you did a that's combo. That's lame. <laughs> Yay. And it's kind of funny that they did that, too, because really... That's how you know how, how semi-lazy it was, because there are, like, puzzle games do do things like, here's a special move that this character type can do. Heck, Magical Drop F was doing that, and that came up before Planet Bum Pokemon Puzzle League did. So, it was 100% just, here's a skin over these normal things that we've already been playing as, but you'll feel like you're playing Pokemon, and that's cool, <laughs> I guess. Worked. Um, but in the end, it didn't bother me because ultimately I was just happy to get a sequel to Tetris Attack <laughs> to yeah. purchase it. And I like that cylinder mode again, oh, which is yeah, like a 3D uh, mode that the game had. Basically, so. rather than having to be just a flat, you could rotate it. And like you said, it was like a cylinder. So it was like, yeah, basically it was a cylinder. Like it was just a circle and you rotated it to try to get more combos. That's like, really it was cool. crazy. It added a whole new level of like, um, gameplay to it. It was literally just harder because you had more, you know, just more to manage. I like those 3D-style puzzle games. Well, um, I think we can go ahead, and I forgot to mention this when we talked about Soul Silver last time, but Daryl, I'd mentioned to you that uh, Shukapau was having trouble with yes. his Soul Silver. Um, well, uh, Shukapau, why don't you sum oh, it yeah. up for us? Uh, so I'm doing a water-only run of Soul Silver, and. Uh, I recently caught a Chinchow, a water electric type, uh, and I wanted to get Thunderbolt from the, the game corner because I have a lot of experience okay. with the game corners and uh, just gambling for TMs. So I wanted to get Thunderbolt because it can't learn it naturally and it's like the best electric move that it can learn. And, I love that this game is teaching you to gamble. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, the game has a problem, like uh, a pretty common problem apparently where uh, it just, like, won't run the game corner. It just it just freezes. All right. 
two things about that. One, kid, gambling is for losers. <laughs> <laughs> don't don't gamble your pokey dolls away in those. Didn't your mother tell you? Gamble That's what away in those dens for. with those other losers. <laughs> That's what safe states are for, Daryl. That being said, isn't there a uh, wait, so you're telling me in Heart Gold and Soul Silver the only way to get the Thunderbolt TM is through the um through the um through the game corner? You, yeah, you can find you can find it in Cerulean Cave. Oh, so oh, I get what you're trying to get it before you get there. That's making your life easy. I guess for Chinchu would at least learn Thunderbolt on its own. Nope. <sighs> yeah, charge. He probably learns no. discharge. Yeah, it it learns discharge like level thirty four or something. So is a water only type run? Is that like a type of Nuzlocke? Uh, no, it's... A Nuzlocke is a different type of Pokemon challenge. So, um, uh, okay, well, <laughs> so it's funny, like, the first time I ever heard of a Nuzlocke, I thought it was like a type of Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> and so I kept, like, trying to Google it, and, uh... It technically is. <laughs> and figure out, like, what type of Pokemon it is. So, what is a Nuzlocke? Um, this has been something that I know people have done for a while. Like, if you go on Twitch, you see people doing runs of this. Um, Nuzlocke... I mean, for those of you who don't know what a Nuzlocke challenge is, um, basically it's you start out the game with one Pokemon. Uh, as you go through, I think you can only catch like one. I think you can only add one more Pokemon to your team per after you defeat each gym. No, uh, uh, it's, any Pokemon it's one per area. that you have that get knocked out, you have to put in your graveyard, and you can't use them again. Yeah, they're dead, dead. Just just no recover them. It's permadeath, basically. Yep. That's the annoying part. <laughs> yeah, just like, you know, oh, well, uh, you you didn't give Vizzy, you went and chose Vizzy on to go up against this um, Lancer, but he's like one space in front of him, so yeah, he gone now. Bye. <laughs> like Fire Emblem. <laughs> but you can't still use, like, potions and stuff, but the problem with that for me is just that I, I like the idea of trying to do a Nuzlocke, but at the same time, it's just such a time sink if you lose anything. True. Like, I'm terrible yeah. at, like, doing stuff like that for specifically that reason. I know when I get um, Alpha Sapphire for the second time, because I had traded it in and I got it back again, um, I did what was called a Wonderlock Challenge, where basically uh, you get to the point in the game where you can start doing trades, and you trade, you catch six Pokemon, and you trade them, and you get six back, and whatever those six are, you have to use for the rest of the game. But you can at least recover them and stuff, which is nice. Uh. Yeah, but you're stuck with those six, so for all you know, somebody could randomly trade you Six magic cards. <laughs> well, in the beginning, you might be okay once they evolve to Gyarados, but before that, let's be real here, though. <laughs> let's, let's be real here, though. I mean, you—if you're doing this thing and you go in and trade six Pokemon, you get six magic cards. You're not taking it. You're starting to heck over. Like, nope, six new wonders. I'm not doing this because I'm not beating it with six freaking magic. Yeah, you can evolve in the Gyarados. Yes, you can, but you're also not beating the game with six Gyarados. So, no dice. No dice. Your entire team's just quadruple electric. I think it was either the Dyad or um or uh the Messenger, and they did a Pokemon episode, and they were talking about how their friend um convinced them to do a run through of Ruby and Sapphire using oh, nothing yeah. but a group of Lanoons and well, uh, um, <laughs> yeah. zigzag groups. That was that was Dan Loughton when he guested on the on the Messenger's uh, VGM journey. Yeah, and he did a run through the whole game with nothing but Lanoons, and I was like, <laughs> "What is this madness?" 
That's yeah, Dan. He kicked his butt though. I remember. I remember he was all ecstatic when he did. Like I beat it, and he showed a photo of like all of his different lanoons. He did a good job with that though. But he did again. Dan plays a lot of. He does. He gets in with a lot of difficult games anyway. So I expect that out of him at this point. Yeah, that is. That is definitely when it comes to games. That is Dan's type, for sure. Speaking of um, types, nice segue. That's a nice question. All right, so, all right, all right, gentlemen. The question was, which Pokemon type is the is there the most of? Shoot, your answer first. Um, I think it's poison because uh, there there were a lot of grass and poison types. And, you know, just grass types in general, in Gen 1. Okay. And, and For now, your answer. Up. You know, I actually have a wager on this one, I think. Okay. You just wager it now. <laughs> no, <laughs> no stopping. No, no. You already have my answer written down on paper, so. Nope, that's all right, sir. Okay, you're better off, what's your answer? Yeah, you're the guest. Let, let, let Cornell go first. All right, fine. I will. Joe want to spill the beans. Um, I was originally <laughs> going to, it was actually, I was torn between whether it would be water or flying, but in the end, I'm sticking with my original guess on it, and I believe it's genuinely water. Because there's always, like, way more water types introduced every gen than there needs to be. Yeah, that was actually my turn. Right. And Bedroth, what is your answer? Yeah, it was water for me, too. Okay, unfortunately, shoot, you're incorrect. Ah. <laughs> it is water. Now, for the bonus answer, exactly how many water types, include dual typing, are there? What? What the heck have I the know, man? No, I'm going to give... It's multiple choice. <laughs> okay. What are you talking about? <laughs> The answers are 215, okay. 133, 175. Wrong with. Uh, and how many Pokemon are there now? There are like like a 900 and some jazz, right? 900 and some change, yes. Okay. With that in mind, I want to guess. But there's also like freaking 16 types, so I'm going to go with the. What was the second number? 175. That one. Okay. Shoot. Wait, wait, wait. Rewind. Take the back. Take the back. Take it back. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Alright. Doing the math. Brunel's getting serious. Yeah, I'm st- I feel like 175. That's a bonus question. I already got the real answer right. I'm <laughs> The real answer. Shoot. Uh, I'm gonna... Yeah, I'm gonna go with 175 as well. Okay. Bedroth, what do you think it is? Uh... I, uh, I don't know. I, I'm going to bow out on this one. I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> You're all wrong. <laughs> of course we are. It is exactly 133 water types as of Gen 8. All right. Hmm. I should get that because I was closest. Nope. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> I am absolute in my rulings. This is not the price is right. <laughs> It should be 134.5. By the way, some of the people on that show, I'm like, look, either y'all have never actually bought home appliances, or y'all don't know how to play this game. Do you even know what The Price is Right is, Shukapat? Uh, not really. (laughs) Uh, Well, that's a podcast from another podcast. (laughs) All right. Question number 10. Name one type that has had the least gym representation throughout the entire series. Let's Say it again. Name one Pokemon type that has, that has had the least gym representation oh. throughout <laughs> the entire uh, series. Oh, yeah. Uh, this is going to be fun. Okay. Yep. Okay, that gives me time but to think about it. This is crazy. Because like, Fairy just that, came out, right? That doesn't make sense. Right, I feel like you need to have like a caveat there because otherwise you can just say like Fairy. Okay, so you, okay again, like trust me on this. Like I did the research on all these. 
So in that case, it's not fairy then, because otherwise it'd be kind of ridiculous to not omit it. <laughs> so, okay, let's roll with this. All right. Um, so, our next song is going to be... Um, this one is yours, Chukapow. Oh, yeah. From Black 2 and White 2, this is Rival Hue. That was Battle Rival Hue. This is uh, from Pokemon Black 2 and White 2. This game was composed by Go Ichinose, Hitomi Sato, and Teruo Taniguchi. This particular track was by Go Ichinose himself. This was published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company and developed by Game Freak, like so many other games on the list, released on the DS in 2012. And this game was uh, actually the direct sequel to Black 2 and White 2. Which is weird that they started doing that, actually. And that's still to date, like, the only numbered sequel, right? Yeah, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Numbered. Well, they technically... I mean, it's weird. So, for those of you who don't know, to give context, uh, we had red, blue, then yellow. Then you had gold, silver, then crystal. Then it was ruby, sapphire, emerald, black... Um, not black, white. Um, diamond, pearl, platinum. Then we got white and black. And then it was white and black, too. <laughs> which threw everyone yep. for a loop. Then we had X and Y, and then... Wait, no. Wait, yeah, it yeah. yeah. No, it was X and Y and X. I forget. I'm losing my crown. Either way, we didn't. they didn't do sequels for a while until they had Sun and Moon, which was Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, also I want to say after Black and White, it was X and Y. Yeah, I think it was. But then we got... Um, no, nah, I think they went to... It um, was just X and Y, because the joke was everyone was saying they were going to make a Z. <laughs> yeah. And then Z never happened. Yep. Although it was funny, I remember when um, Pokemon Sword and Shield was first announced, they said the third game would be Pokemon Chainsaw. Pokemon. I was like, I need that. Pokemon Gun. I thought it was Pokemon Gun. Pokemon Chainsaw, man. I have to look that up, I swear, because like, all the imagery was Grookey holding a gun. There was one of that. <laughs> <it looked like. laughs> uh, <just laughs> to be honest, I actually kind of prefer that. I just hate that they're like, hey, yeah, you can buy the whole thing as a cart. Like, you know, it would have been nice if you just said that. <laughs> Yeah, the whole, like, expansion thing instead of a third game I mean, has been kind of divisive. I get, you know what, now that I think about it, I think I would prefer that. Uh, I like the DLC. They actually are, they're releasing it like that. 
They're, they are doing that. The problem is, I would have rather bought that than the DLC elements. Like, I'd have, but then again, the problem is, that means I would have also not been playing Sword and Shield for yeah. a year. <laughs> but still, it's like, I hate the fact, I'd rather have it on a cart than have these files. But, you know, I, once we move gens anyway, it'll be all forgotten. I mean, I'm still rocking my old GameCube memory cards and stuff, so it's not all of that. But. Hey, man, there's nothing wrong with rocking GameCube memory cards. Oh, of course not. So, um,. This particular soundtrack brings me back. So when I was um, picking episodes for like my favorite shows, my favorite songs from Shootabout's favorite games, I noticed when I was looking over the uh, Black 2 and White 2 soundtrack that there are a lot of different, like, um, there are songs for something called the Poke Studio. Uh, oh, yeah, that. Yeah, and they seem to be, like, I don't <laughs> know, like different types of emotions or dramatic things, and... Um, Star Studios. I mean, some of the songs are actually pretty cool, but I've never seen anything like that in any of your Pokemon games. So, like, uh, for good reason. <laughs> so, like, what? What was that? Uh, <laughs> now you handle this. I, I don't want to talk about the contests. Well, the problem is Black Two and White Two. I barely played because here's the hiccup with me with Pokemon games. So. And honestly, I'm kind of experiencing it now, even with this current one. So, they released new Pokemon games, and it's all hype, go nasty, because, you know, hey, everybody's happy to get new Pokemon, you go and buy the game, you can catch the new Pokemon and see what they're like. Yay. And that's exciting. Yay. But the problem is, when they already do these sequel games, they never add any new Pokemon, except for some nonsense with, like, the legendaries getting a new costume or something. <laughs> so, in the end, what ends up happening is, like, I buy these extra games, intent on playing them, but then the hype burns out because I'm like, I don't have new to look forward to. It's like, I know all the Pokemon I'm going to see. There's no new discoveries to come across. No, nothing to excite me. And I end up moving on to something else. So I think I got through like a whopping two gems in Pokemon Black 2 and White 2. Um, so the Pokestar Studios and why I hate it so much is because it's it's so boring and I know that because it's actually required in oh. the story. You have to do it after you beat the second gym. To That's the best make kind this, of boring stuff in a game. <laughs> the required boring <laughs> stuff. Uh, so you have to do it after the second gym to make this old guy who is usually a sailor get on his like Well what what is it? You have to make him get on the boat. Okay, well what it is you basically like go and there's this guy and he wants you to star in a movie or something, and yeah, it's, it's like scripted battles, and it's so he brings you into the oh, so like it'll be like a trainer is a cast member, yeah, like and that. they'll use a Pokemon, and you're required to use a specific move yeah. on a Pokemon that's on your studio, yeah, yeah, that's how it works. Like, uh, it was, it was, wow. well, that sounds lame. So it, it might was, be like a good tutorial. Yeah, it's a good idea, but but in it's practice, in the middle it of the game. Yeah, it's a actually at the game. beginning of the game. Okay. Wait, so maybe it is like a tutorial, but this is a sequel game. So is it like curry? So you, ah, the curry. Oh, the curry. <laughs> the curry is kind of annoying. No, that brings me back to, like... Oh my god, the curry. It's like, you can eat po you can eat curry with your Pokemon. What does it do? Nothing. They smile! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, I it mean, heals it's a, them. It's a quick way stuff, to get the happiness it. up over, you know, having to sink a bunch of money into, like... Just uh, stuff them with vitamins. Boom. Just eat them. <laughs> eat them. But not, like... But Arbarius. This brings me back to something that came up in one of the um, live shows with, like, uh, Rhythm and Pixels. I remember we uh, brought it up one time. What, when I make... What, what curry now from Rhythm and Pixels? Yeah, in Rhythm and Pixels, um, somebody brought it up one time, the Pokemon curry, and 
I asked the question, what do we think is in that curry? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you're eating, they're cannibalizing, they're cannibalizing Pokemon. Well, the thing about I mean, it, like, the funny thing is, like, it was never a secret that they eat Pokemon in this universe. The odd part is that they just kind of gloss over, like, it doesn't mean anything. Well, that's how nature Because <laughs> they literally do. Like, there was one point, I remember, in, like, one of the lexicons where he was like, how do you say Magikarp meat is not very edible because it, it's, like, hardened or something like that. So you can't eat it. But at the same time, I know they've mentioned eating, like, uh, Taros. What was it? Slowpoke Tails or Delicacy? Oh, yeah, that was oh. in Gen 2. Oh. But then again, those descriptions get really dark, too. Like, what was it? Driftloon kidnaps children and takes them into the sky and they suffocate? Oh, yeah. There's oh, like a whole web God. series just, about it. So, some of the lore in the Pokédex is just very... It, it's dark, man. Oh, yeah. Some of the lore in this... <laughs> like, like, like with Mimikyu, um, what does it do? Uh, it's like some kind of... Like, if you see it without its cloak, you just, like, die or whatever. <laughs> like, they get real. It, it, it's kind of funny, too, because if there wasn't a Pokemon cartoon to make light of all of this, yeah. it would actually be like, okay, I get this. These these Pokemon are legitimately wild animals. They're not your friends. <laughs> you are trapping them. Some of them they can be your friends, like a dog or a cat or a horse. Mm -hmm. But Drifloom will kill your children. <laughs> like, it's not, you this know, is not a joke. Oh, that's cool, Will, too, actually. That. My kids love balloons, and it's just like, balloons annoy me. <laughs> and now I have even more reason why, to why, no, no, you can't have a balloon. Why? It will steal your soul. Okay? <laughs> no balloons! <laughs> so, alright, before we get too far down that road, um, Shukabao, tell us a little bit about this song, and why you picked the uh, Rival Battle with Hugh theme. Because uh, it's good, like all the other Gen 5 music. <laughs> Gen 5 music is the best. So, how does uh, how does Hugh stack up with the other... Um... Hugh? 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 <laughs> <laughs> how does Hugh stack up with the other rivals? Um, well... He has more of like a, a dark backstory or whatever, and uh, oh, yeah, yeah, uh, like five years before the events of would, Black Two and White Two. Would you say a tragic backstory? <laughs> uh, sort of, but not really. <laughs> like five five years before the events of uh, Black Two and White Two, his sister's Purloin was stolen and by Team Plasma, which is the evil team in this generation. So he's like trying to get it back, and he just like hates Team Plasma, kind of like rather. Silver, the rival in Gen 2, hates Team Rocket, but for different reasons. Yeah, because Team Plasma steals Pokemon a lot. and uh, But it's liberating! <laughs> oh yeah, Team Plasma liberating Pokemon. But uh, it's literally just blatant th thievery. <laughs> yeah, it's like, hey, we're gonna... We're gonna capture your animals, we're gonna set them free, and that makes us evil people because we don't want you to capture these animals and make them fight each other. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, that sounds so terrible! <laughs> uh, well, yeah. Uh, this is kind of the Pokemon world, so that's what they do. It's like, the Pokemon are fine with it, I guess? I don't know. I mean, I'm not uh, gonna lie. I'd be pretty pissed if someone just comes into my house, lets my Incineroar out, like, hey man! Do you know how many IVs I had to make this thing get? Just well, to get well, yeah, and you just gonna let it go? Pokemon world. It's not really So I need to I, I feel like I missed the element of this the tragic part here. So what happened with this guy? So So yeah, basically uh, Team Plasma stole his sister's Purloin that his grandfather caught for him, like, before he died. I mean for that his grandfather caught for his sister. And then yeah, the, then Team Plasma stole the Purloin and now Hugh's just like super mad all the time. Okay, that's what makes it tragic. It's like it's special because their grandpa caught it for her. Yeah, yeah. 
I'm glad though, at least, because when you said trash, I thought you was going to say, like, his little sister died chasing after the pearl <laughs> one or oh, something. Oh, gosh. Uh, like, he had his leg broken, like, in a, like, in a freaking, like, poke factory in the events of, like, trying to help a clink. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I don't know. But, honestly, that sounds like a story that could still have a happy ending, because I'm assuming at some point in the game, he probably comes across the evolved pearl one. Yeah. I, I completely forgot what this character... I had to look it up. Just to see what he looked like. I completely forgot who he was. Like, to me, he wasn't... I mean, to shoot, alright, that's great. But, like, to me, I'm like, oh. This is a character, obviously, I didn't pay any attention to. <laughs> just... Did you play through the game? I did. I, Like I said, just... I, I really don't remember him. So, like, if you ask me, like, hey, man, what was your favorite part of Silver? Fighting Joggy. Who was, you know, your rival. I named him Joggy because... Fist of North Star, Joggy. <laughs> Say my name. I remember, for some reason, I, I, in the fight bars, like, my memory of Black 2 and White 2, I thought that the rival was that guy with the glasses, but he's the rival from the original Black and White. It starts with a C. Like, Shari or Sir something. I'll have to look into it later. I have the game in that case over Colorus. there. Colorus. His name was Colorus. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. I, I fought him in my Nuzlocke. He was annoying. You know what else is annoying? What? The answer to this question. Ah. Oh, yeah, nice segue again, sir. <laughs> All right. I actually still remember the question. All right. So, question number 10. Name one type, name one of the types of Pokemon that has had the least gym representation throughout the entire series. Shoot. Your answer. Uh, I'm going to guess, I'm going to, I'm going to say dark because it's like famous for only having the one gym. For now. I'm actually glad he said that because that makes me feel better about mine because I wrote all the gym types down and just like kind of stared at them during the song. I was like trying to remember all the gyms and <laughs> I was like, too. I feel like it has to be dark because I only remember like one or two of them. All right. Bedroff, do you have an answer? I actually was going to say, I think, steel. Okay. All right. That being said, all three of you are correct. So... For a, bon for a bonus point, name one other type that has had the least representation as well. Oh, crap. Let me look at my list again. Uh, Bloody hell. Hang on. Oh, because there's uh, multiple. Okay, there's so multiple you, possible. You guys already got Dark and Steel. Uh, yeah. There's three other types. That's the only hint you're getting from me. Uh, so you're saying wow. one more that has the same number of mode gym representation or... Basically, less than five. So you said Dark and Steel. Yeah, yeah you already got Dark and Steel. There's three others. But look at the, Well, Fairy's obviously one of them, because Fairy's only been in three gyms. Uh, um, yeah, Fairy. And, that's, and I don't even think it had a gym in every one of them, either. One didn't even have gyms. All right, so is... Yeah, Gen 7 has a island. Oh, yeah, you're right. Gen 7 yeah. was those... those yeah, but the, then, the, I feel the, like they the still trials. had themes, at least. The trials were themed. Like, that one uh, theme was, like, watery, I'm, like the freaking fish jerk. Um, I'm not basing it off of that. <laughs> okay. So, definitely fairy is one of them, then. Uh, you said dark and steel. Okay. Alright, so, fairies. Alright, shoot, what's your answer? Uh, bug. Bug. I think it's bug. So, you're both correct. Now, here's what... So, all of them... Alright, so dark has only had two... Has only had one gym, which was Gen 8, Piers, and Marnie. Bug has only had three gems. Steel has only had two. Fairy has only had two, and Ghost has only had three. Surprised to hear that about Ghost. Well, I guess that makes sense, yeah, because Ghost had elite four battles. Yeah, because I actually had to pull it up real quick because of the double uh, check. Yeah. 
So, in terms of, let's see, Fairy was Valerie and flipping um, Opal slash B. Opal. Dark was Piers and Marnie. Uh, let's see, Still, which I. Wait a minute. I was a Piers shocked. and Marnie are considered two gyms? Two separate No, they're gyms? considered one. They're considered huh. one. But I'm saying Piers and Marnie because Marnie took over for Piers at the end of the game. Oh, I got you. Uh, Still was Byron and. Um, Jasmine, Ghost was let's see Morty, and I feel like still Fantina needs a, still needs another chance too because I feel like when they did Jasmine it was like, like and from Gen Eight it was um what's his name Alistair uh, and then Alistair yeah but he was only in Shield yeah yeah uh now Bug which really irks me because I feel like you know y'all just ain't gonna keep crapping on my bugs <laughs> I mean they were so, really bad Viola <laughs> <laughs> until Gen Five Berg Timmy and I should know this. No, not um, Bugsy. Bugsy. Get Bugsy, it, Bugsy, because he, Bugsy. he likes bugs. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Pokemon humor. Uh, yeah. So good. Oh god. Bird. For now. For now. You, listen, I'm gonna need you. Listen, you have not filed the proper paperwork for dad jokes. <laughs> we're gonna. Oh, I've I've filed so much paperwork. We're gonna have to find you. I filed so okay? much. Okay. So better off take out the trash. So many Pokemon go, jokes. go take out the trash and clean the leaves out the yeah, My house is full of paperwork I filed. <laughs> so many. So many. Oh. <laughs> oh yeah. It's my it's my special power. To be a dad. <laughs> it's a bad special uh, power. Purnell, <laughs> the power to tell dad jokes despite not being a dad. <laughs> da, da, da. All right. Uh, all right, so what's our next one? All right, so question 11. How many Pokemon appear in Pokefloats in Super Smash Bros. Melee? Oh, boy. Oh, Pokefloats. This is another multiple co choice. Okay, the answers are okay, 19, 7, 18. Well, clearly the answer is zero because people freaking got it banned because they couldn't stop complaining about it. Technically, it's back oh, yeah. because apparently there's a way to um, time when certain ones come out. Wait, 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 wait. They brought oh, Pokéfoes no. back to Ultimate? Yeah, it's, I believe it's an Ultimate. No, no. no but no, I know no. you can use it for... Something. I think you can play... I think you can play it in tournament play on Melee, at least, because they recently unbanned it for some reason. Yeah, maybe that, but... At least that's what I was that's told. I'm an Ultimate. I know that. Yeah, I'm Which looking, man. If it's an Ultimate, I'll be happy. Well, while Purnell's Folks looking at it. Folks, is the up, only Pokémon stage from the entire series not to reappear in Ultimate, because people kept complaining about it. I love Pokéfloats. Well, while Purnell's looking at Bedroth, what's your um, final track? Oh, yeah, my final. Okay. So, my final track actually went in a completely different direction. Uh, my final track is from Pokken Tournament. It Ooh. is Dragon's Nest.
that was Dragon's Nest from Pokken Tournament, composed by Hiroki Hashimoto, published by Bandai Namco Studios and the Pokemon Company, and released for Wii U, Switch, and also the Arcade in 2015. Did not know there was an arcade cabinet for this. This is news to me as well. I feel like I remember hearing about one in Japan, but that's about as far as I would have gotten with it. Man, Japan gets everything. Yeah. That's where you develop them. We let them rot. We get freaking raw thrills. One interesting thing I wanted to note about this. Obviously, the title is a play on uh, its combination of Tekken and uh, Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But uh, so it was called Pokken in every territory in the world. Except for one in Europe. That is Germany. Uh, where it was not called Pokken. It was just called um, uh, Pokemon Tekken. Because in Germany, Pokken sounds like the word for smallpox. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you don't want the kids to get that pocket. <laughs> Dad, d- Dad, father, father, what is it, son? Can we go get the pocket? <laughs> How dare you! Your great grandfather died from pocket. <laughs> but I just wanted to play a game. Your generation knows nothing of this game. <laughs> it's not a game, it's life. And you're just like, but, sir, this is an actual game. Like, it's just called Pockin. Yeah, yeah. Uh, talk about talk about marketing. Oh, <laughs> that boy. Been, uh, oh, my God. Um, I yeah. was commenting when we were listening to it that it literally... Even though this isn't a fighting game, and I never got to this part of the game, uh, to me, it sounds like something you would... Literally, it's appropriate name, Dragon's Nest, because I feel like this is something I would play in a game where I'm fighting an actual dragon, be it like Monster Hunter or maybe... Um, what was that other game? Um... Dragon Age Origins, or even Dark Souls. Yeah, yeah, it's definitely super epic, and this this whole this whole soundtrack is is really great. Um, it was really hard going through all the spinoffs because there were a lot of games. I think I'll probably get to my honorable mentions a little bit later, but there was a lot of really really great stuff in here. Uh, so, I mean, Pao, I don't think I ever really like got super into this. You know, yeah. we watched a little bit, we downloaded the demo. Have you guys ever ever really played it much? Yeah, I, I really didn't have anyone to play with, and then when I did play online, there was a lot of cheap tactics used. I mean, the gameplay style is... it's all right, Even though it's called basically Pokemon slash Tekken, in a sense, Pokken, it plays nothing like Tekken. So you have... The fighting changes between two different planes, so you have where you're distanced from each other. So it goes to like a 3D-type plane. Whereas, like, you can move around and, like, throw projectiles and stuff at each other. Then, when you get too close or you switch the plane, so to say, it becomes more of a 2D slant. Like, think of it like this. It goes from Naruto Ultimate Ninja Storm to Tekken. Ultimate Ninja Storm? Yeah, Ultimate Ninja Storm, like, how that fighting style is. (laughs) Where you're kind of running around like a 3D battle arena. Oh, God, you missed the Uh. joke. No! (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and then it goes it, turned... it goes straight to Tekken uh, I mean it goes straight to like it, it's right. it's an okay I mean and then and the thing is the roster of Pokemon they have and they've added DLC since like I think um, one of the newer ones that were added to the Switch version was um, Chandelier and let me see if I can pull <laughs> up the list of Pokemon that's in this game yeah, Lucario. was a fighter, which always surprised me. He was. Let's see. Uh, let's see. I mean, there's so many. You're never gonna please everybody. Yeah, because it was called Ooh, Pokemon Tournament nice. DX, right? 
Yeah, the, yeah, the one on Switch. I think this was the Switch version. Yeah. Yeah, that was the Switch version. So, let's see. Alright, so. As of the Switch version. Oh, Pernell, you'll love this one. Age of yeah. Slash. Blastoise. Blaziken. Braxton. Chandelier. Charizard. <laughs> Krogunk. Darkrai. The Sweat Eye. Empoleon. Garchomp. Gardevoir. Gengar. Lucario. Machamp. Mewtwo. Pikachu. Pikachu Libre! Yeah! <laughs> uh, Sceptile. Caesar, Shadow Mewtwo. Suicune. And Weavile. It's kind of a weird mix. Pikachu Libre. Although, I will say this. Um, I did enjoy, like, uh, Pikachu in the game, because I think Pikachu Libre had a Pikachu Stunner. <laughs> Wait, what? You mean, like, you mean, like, from, like, Stone Cold? I'm not kidding. If you want, <laughs> go look up the... <laughs> well, I guess that kind of made it. Yes, look up... Look up the game if you can find it. It's on YouTube. It's basically he like uses like I think like electro rub or like electro ball, but he does a stunner. Wow. Yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. <laughs> it 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 is. I remember, and I think his um top rope thing is like uh, electric elbow drop, like the people's elbow. It it was great. That was the one time I was like, you know, Pikachu's pretty That's nice. Pretty Other than that, screw that yellow rat. <laughs> That's why I'm glad Blanca put it in a blender. <laughs> like a smoothie. Uh, and a callback to Death Battle. How about you, Purnell? I have played only the demo. Because I'm not a big fighting game guy in that regard. So I was like, I'll try the demo and see if this is appealing to me to consider the buy. But in the end, I was like, you know, I'm not going to get into this enough to justify the spending. So I just kind of got my thrills off the demo and walked away. I think this goes back to that thing you were saying about, like, with Puzzle League, where it's like, oh, it's, you know, hey, we're just going to slap Pokemon on it and try to make a fighting game out of it. That's like, what is it coming up? Um, they basically have a version of League of Legends, but it's Pokemon coming out soon. I mean, don't get me wrong. Sometimes those labels, like, when you do those skins or those concepts, it does sell product. It was just for me when it came to Puzzle League. I didn't feel like it needed, especially because it was like the, from the cartoon. But Pokemon as a fighting game, if I played fighters, I think it would have been a great concept. Just because I would like to see Pokemon do more than be told to do a move and then they do it. I like the idea of them actually maneuvering on the battlefield oh. and doing things. So it makes sense to exist in that manner. Kinda, like it fits the mold. Makes you think the what could the of the main series. Like, could you imagine that if you could actually, in a sense move your Pokemon around while giving them attacks, or they moved on their own and you give them an attack to do, like, that open-world Pokemon. Well, it's, you, you partly get that with, uh, what was it? They had that one game, the Conquest, where, because essentially, without going full-on, like, live, like, an actual tournament game, that is the that level of gameplay, where it'd be like, to get to that next step, is to actually have a tactics game where you move them and say, okay, do this move, okay, they do their move, and you can kind of have them evade attacks and stuff yeah, like Conquest. that because Conquest. Um, I've never played it either, but it looks like it was really cool. It was like a crossover between Pokemon and Shin Megami Tensei of all things. But um, that was okay. I guess now is a decent time as any to uh, mention some of my honorable mentions. So this one, uh, Pokemon Conquest, has really really good music. Especially they have like a battle theme for every type. Those are all really good. Pokemon, another one that we listened to quite a few of the songs of, they were really good, was uh, Pokemon Quest. Uh, the weird geometric one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, like the blocky one. It looked kind of like Pokemon if my Pokemon were in Minecraft or something. Uh, like that. Fun fact, in the Isle of Armor, Mustard's actually playing this, like, 
on his TV in his little room. <laughs> Pokemon Quest, really? Yeah, he's playing Pokemon <laughs> Quest. Oh, that's amazing. Like, oh, it's meta-marketing. Um, another one that is really good, the OST is really good, was Hey You Pikachu. Which the game was not. <laughs> game was not. Uh, actually, back in I high school, stuff about this a game. friend of mine and I saw a commercial for this game. And we just went out, no questions asked, and bought it. And then we, we, we got it, we were super excited, we picked it up, we brought it home, and it was hot garbage. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's putting, that's putting it eloquently. Hey, you! Just being nice about it. Yeah, yeah I mean, that wasn't we, we, we like, got it in, it was N64, and you had a microphone that you like plugged into part of the N64, uh, the controller, and you try to talk into the microphone, tell Pikachu to do something, oh, and it would God. just sit there. And yeah. then you would yell at him, and it would just sit there. Pikachu! Yeah, Pikachu! Hey! Pikachu! Hey. Pikachu! Pikachu! Listen. Hey! And Watch out! Yeah, would listen, so... Hey! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was the last impulse. My condolences like. for your wallet. Shoot, hey. Pikachu. Shut up, Pikachu! That was a game that I kind of... I laughed when that game got sold. Like, hey, well, hey you Pikachu's like, your laws, buddy. I mean, here. Enjoy. I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, like... Nowhere in your mind, either, did, none of you got that tingling feeling in your stomach like, this is no bad idea. <laughs> hey, let's get hey, you Pikachu Thunder rumbled somewhere like, I mean, God. we were like <laughs> 18, and I don't, know, I don't even know why I was still into Pokemon at this point. I think it was mostly my friends. I'll put it off on him. Which, I, I gotta ask. So, shoot, seeing as in, alright, so, alright, so, shoot, what would you say is your favorite game to play right now? Uh... Switching gears. I'm not... Not Pokemon related, but just in general. I'm not super sure right now, actually. Yeah, you've got like uh, a, several different ones you're playing. Mm-hmm. You've been into like Fossil Fighters and Shovel and Hollow Knight and... Eternity. <laughs> and you play Link to the Past on the SNES Classic. Do uh, Eternities Later. Among Us. Among Us, okay. <laughs> Alright, so if someone sat there and told you, Hey, we're coming out with Among Us. But, uh, was it like, how can I put Among Us in a, in a, like, using voice operation? Hey, you! You're sus! <laughs> I think people might have already done that. Like, people have done Minecraft. Yeah, this is a controls. game that I really, yeah, basically, yeah, you got direct, <laughs> like, hey, go, you're the imposter. Go kill Blue. <laughs> imposter gets uh, caught. Like, honestly, Among Us needs to come to, I, they need to put that on console. I feel like that game... That's a great party game if you can get a group of friends to play. Yep. But I'm not a PC gamer, so I can't do it. <laughs> yeah, I'm PC too. and Nintendo. You know what I can you do? You never got us any PlayStation. Yeah, no I wish nope. you had. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. All right. This would be the so, final question, wouldn't it? This is uh, no. There's one more um, question after this one. All right. So the question was. How many Pokemon appear in Poke Floats in Super Smash Bros. Melee? Oh, so we and didn't they, answer this one yet. Yeah, the answers are okay. Nineteen, seven. Come out of stomach ache. <laughs> Eighteen. Shoot, what is your answer? <laughs> it's not like it's close or anything. <laughs> uh, I think it's nineteen. Okay, Pernell, your answer. I'm a, I'm gonna try eighteen. Though no, my luck it'll be nineteen. I'm going with eighteen. Unfortunately, Pernell is correct. Oh, you're like unfortunately, I'm allowed to be correct. <laughs> <laughs> no, All right, you're not. So for the bonus question, can either of you name at least one Pokemon that appears in Pokemon Floats? 
Yeah, Whooper. Oh, yeah, Onyx. Onyx is on there. You're both right. All right, just so you know, the current score is 8 to 10. Who's got the 8? Yep, it's shoot. So you're down by 2. However, you could make a comeback because this next question will be for double. Because we're about to play a track from a game that honestly... Honestly. (laughs) And I have a funny story about this. I almost lost a relationship with my ex-wife when we were engaged at the time. Because of this game. <laughs> oh, those are the best games. <laughs> uh, so, my last track of the night is from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl slash Platinum and it is the legendary Pokemon battle. When I get back, I'll explain how uh, me getting back into Pokemon at the tender age of 20 almost cost me a relationship. <laughs> Let's see how this track jingle jangles. And that was Legendary Pokemon Theme from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. This game was composed by Goichi Nose, Junichi Masuda, Hitomi Sato, Morikazu Aoki. And this track was composed by the man himself one last time tonight, Junichi Masuda, Mr. Pokemon. The game once again was published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company and developed by Game Freak and released on the DS in 2006. And, Daryl, I think you had a little something to tell us about that track, right? Alright, so, um, first I'll talk about the track itself. The reason why I chose this track, because in this game, um, I think it's one of the first Pokemon games that had a plethora of legendaries that you could just go out and, like, search for. Like, you didn't need an event code, you didn't need an event, just, the post game was full of just going out, because, if I'm correct, uh, this is the game, and correct me if I'm wrong for now, that had, um, Mech the three psychic legendaries, the Azelf and Uxie and that third Mexprit something. Yeah, Mexprit was it? Yeah. So. Oh yeah, those ones. Other than those three, you had also Dialga. You had Palkia, Palkia, Cresselia, Heatran, and one of my favorite legendaries. That honestly, when I first discovered it, and this is why this is why I always remember this song. Giratina. Now, I forget where exactly it is, but you go into this cave, and I didn't even know Giratina existed. I was playing through the post game, and I was just, I just found this cave, and I went through it. I'm going through the cave, and the cave is full of, like, level 50 and higher Pokemons, like, and I remember because I caught, like, a level, I think, like, 60 Haunter in here. Whoa. And I began using that for, like, you know, certain Pokemon that would, like, try to escape because me and look, so on and so forth. And... 
the cave itself, it's a maze. So if you don't go in a certain pattern, you'll keep ending up in the same area over and over again. So eventually, after going through this thing, and again, I didn't look up online how to go through this. I came across this Giratina, and I didn't know what it was. <laughs> I was like, yo, yeah. what is this thing? I like how I reacted when I first found Zygarde. It is huge. So then I start fighting it. I'm like, my God, what? what is this? And I'm like trying to yeah, hit it and... <laughs> Put like this, I think that was the first time in that game that I finally used my Master Ball. Because huh. I could not capture it with an Ultra Ball for nothing. Giratina, man. I tried everything. So finally I had to use my Master Ball. So every time I hear the track, I think to this. Now, for why this <laughs> game is so funny. So as I described, I skipped over Gen 3 because uh, Sapphire, Ruby, uh, they're crap. Look, man, it, we, we've went through this story. Anyway, so... <laughs> I'm going to start playing one of those games right now. I remember getting the game, <laughs> and I was working two jobs at the time. Now, my night job required me working from 11 at night to 7 in the morning. I would then walk home to my apartment, which is about maybe a 10-15 minute walk from my job. Get home, get a shower, go to sleep. And I'd probably wake up around 9.45 and go across the street to my other job, which was a Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. I'd work there <laughs> from either 10 to 4 or 10 to 8. Then go home, sleep for like an hour or two, then get up and go back to my next oh, job. Oh, man. So in between doing this, and I would do this for four days straight, mind you. In between doing this, I was playing Pokemon. And at the time, I had just got an Xbox 360. And I was living and breathing Pokemon Diamond. Like, if I wasn't um, playing the actual game and leveling up Pokemon, I was hatching eggs. And in this game, there's a particular area in the game. Where I think it's a warehouse and it has those little um, tiles that move you back and forth. Oh, yeah, those. So if I was going to go to sleep and I had an egg I had to hatch, um, hatch I would give it to my guy. I'd go to that area. I would then take a clothespin, put it on the left D pad, and I would just leave the DS open char on the charge cord and let the character just go back and forth, hitting the thing because it'll push you back. And because the clothespin is being held down, you'll go right back over, hit the thing, and. That's how it hatch eggs. Oh, uh, yeah. I'd wake up, oh, eggs ready to hatch. Yep. I was playing this game so much. At the time, I had a living, my fiance, who at the time was before my, before she became my wife, then my ex-wife. I wasn't paying attention to her. I wasn't really paying attention to anything else. I was working, playing was Pokemon. Pokemon or no, Just Pokemon. All the time. All day. And it finally got to the point where she spazzed the hell out. It was like, listen to me. If you don't put that game down for at least one day and play your 360 and show me some attention, <laughs> I'm going to break that thing and leave. I, and that's when it goes too far. <laughs> I've heard this song so, before. Like, I, I, I took well, like a break from Pokemon for about a good week just because it, it was bad. Like I was really, uh, I, and the funny thing is I hadn't been that obsessed with Pokemon since Silver. Like, it, it was that ridiculous that I got that much into it. Even now, with these current games, I, I wasn't that into it as, like, I play, but not not like the way I did Diamond. It was, I look back at it, I'm like, man. But also, Diamond gave me one of my favorite Pokemon of all time, Drapion. Ooh, that uh, one. Love that thing. What was he? A water dragon, right? Uh, what? Uh... <laughs> I'm something about Palkia for some dumb reason. No, Palkia was Ghost Dragon. No, this is in the quiz, was, man. That, that was See? Kiritina. Wait, wait he, was a, he was a Ghost Dragon? Oh, wait, you no. said Palkia. Yeah, Palkia was no, Ghost Dragon. I'm dragon. thinking Giratina. Giratina was the Ghost Dragon. I know more about Pokemon than both of you. <laughs> <laughs> I deserve an apology. Drapion is uh, 
it's the evolution of Score Ruffy. It starts out as Poison Bug, then when it evolves, it becomes Poison Dark. And it's my favorite Pokemon. I run it on every team I have for the group that me and Purnell's in for my gym challenges, and it it's a great thing. Um, it's funny because the setup I have for it, I give it this move called Attract. And the reason why I came up with this idea, because I had an ex-girlfriend. I had an ex-girlfriend who was a Scorpio. You have no idea what it does. <laughs> <laughs> I have an ex-girlfriend who was a Scorpio. Who, she was very toxic. So, I gave the Drake Beyond the move attack, and then the whole purpose of it move is... Attack. It does attract on a Pokemon of the opposite sex, and then it poisons them. And what attract does is, every other turn, like every turn, it has a chance of preventing you from attacking because... You're immobilized by love. It's really, <laughs> really powerful. So you're loving the like, thing, but it's slowly but surely killing you. <laughs> you're like adding your own darkness to the Pokedex here, Daryl. <laughs> I can dig that. That's why the Drapion was called Sabrina. I love you, <laughs> but ding, you are slowly but surely killing me, woman. <laughs> oh, man. And have. I'm in relationships. <laughs> yeah, Daryl, I love how like Pokemon hey. uh, has been like... You know what's next level? This integral part of your lives. I know what's next level. What's next level is the next the next quiz answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, gentlemen, final question of the night. Now, so this is basically for all the marbles. So, current score is 8 to 10 in Purnell's favor. So, answering this will get you two points. All right. The question is, of these three Pokemon... Which ones fall under the bug egg group? And for those of you who don't know or need some context, so when you're breeding Pokemon, certain Pokemon fall in different egg groups. Um, some are like human, human-like, field, water, water two, water three, so on. This so is why everyone uses Ditto. So again, the question is: of these three Pokemon, which ones fall under the bug egg group? Gligor, Drapion, Flygon. So now, how many of them is it? Just one? Which of them? Oh, it could be any of them. It could be all of them. It could be none of them. Exactly. Ooh, the plot thickens. Just like... Just like the plot in Pokemon Coliseum. Which is where our last track comes from. Uh, I don't know whose yep. track this is. Nice segue. That's his, uh, Prunel's track, I think. It's yours, isn't it? Nope. No. Uh, Prunel, this one's yours. Oh, the playout track. Coliseum? Yeah. Yeah. Guys, before we get to that last uh, answer, I have to say, um, I record a lot of these now, and I have been watching him this whole time. Pretty sure this is the most fun Shukapau has ever had on an episode, and I think it's really cool that she gets to hang out with uh, two guys from the East Coast Pokemon League. They're like in the big times now. It's the Pokemon the League. ECPL Invasion. <laughs> yeah. Alright, represent. I'm always been bad with the egg groups, cause so this day very well, this may very well be Mr. Kapow's. But I'll take a crack at it. So name the three again. You said Gliscour, Drapion, and okay. what else? Gligar, Drapion, Flygon. Which of these three fall under the bug egg group? So shoot. Um I'm gonna say Gligar and Drapion. Okay. For now, I'll go Gligar. All right. Gentlemen. You're both wrong. You're both correct. What? Wait, what? What? How can we both be correct? Uh, we said different Pokemon. The correct answer 
here's the thing. All three fall under the bug eight. <laughs> of course they do. Yeah. Oh, so that man. means we're both wrong, man. Nope, you're both right. I said which of them. So you could have said but one. All you could have said all three, or you could have said one. As long as you got, as long as you guess which one it was, or any of them. So, it's a trick question. You give an oh. answer, you get a point. <laughs> oh, all right, all right. Hey, I'm not complaining. Oh, I got it. I mean, those my quiz. I'd have been like, <laughs> all right. Now, but that was old school. Unfortunately, young Shuka Pal, you have lost. That was your fault, though. <laughs> Although. I feel kind of bad because I'm old, but I'm but I'm still wise. <laughs> because Brunel is somewhat wise in the way of games. I mean, he never somewhat. finishes them. He wants to play everything on super hard mode, which is why I call him the masochistic, metallic madman. I'm gonna send it anyway. <laughs> but shoot, do not worry. There is a consolation prize. So, I was talking to your father, and he had told me about the situation with your Pokemon Silver. So I had offered something, but then I thought of something a little bit better, so I will allow you to decide. I have in my possession a pretty decent copy of Pokemon Silver. I haven't played it in a while, it's literally just sitting over here collecting dust, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> or, I can send your father the money, so you can go ahead and get the Crown Tundra Isle of Armor DLC for Sword and Shield, whichever one you have. Ooh. Hmm. This is a hard question. You already owed Soul Silver. <laughs> uh, yeah, and I am pretty now, far into the run already. The... <laughs> <laughs> no. So what, what do you want to do, kid? Come on, uh, come on. Now my main what, reason what for it? doing uh, this. <laughs> Go on. You already. Uh, okay. Well, uh, I have already gotten pretty far into my Soul Silver water run, and I can probably cope without my Chinchou having Thunderbolt. So it sounds like you would prefer the DLC instead. Yeah. And thank you. And thank you. Alright, so where's my prize? Alright, so what do you mail me? <laughs> where's my prize getting? Knowing you, beat, you get the prize of knowing you beat up on a 15-year-old. How's that Worth sound? it. I'll take it. I like that. <laughs> now, the main reason why for me... Pokemon. The, the main reason why for me doing this, because like your dad was saying, this was the most fun you've had, and just like what my sons, I appreciate what your dad's doing here with this show because he's able to um, share with you his culture and things he grew up with and impart upon you the wisdom that he has. Same thing I'm trying to do with my son. So I feel that it's only proper, seeing as in me and Purnell both, you know, represent a league of people that, you know, are very well into Pokemon and come from a good community to encourage this type of behavior and, you know, your love for the game. And I would hate, 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 hate for you to have to fight me somewhere down the line, only to lose because you didn't have all the Pokemon at your um, disposal. Because when <laughs> I beat you, kid, I don't want there to be don't no excuses. Him. Don't let him no talk John's. trash to you. <laughs> don't let him downplay your skills. Mark my words, Daryl, I will defeat you <laughs> one day. Maybe get to one of his prized Incineroars. Ooh. Oh, kid, if you want, I'll send you an Incineroar. Uh, no. I got a ton of rejects. It was a fire I mean, blaze. Well, I mean, yeah, yeah the want the DLC for the DLC Diglett collecting mission Incineroar thingy. Uh, Daryl, this has been really generous of you. The questions themselves have just been really fun, but the prize also is just really cool. Once you compile something to say, uh, thank thank you, Daryl. <laughs> You're welcome. And uh, so, guys, um, 
I'm going to forgo the regular uh, spiel about my own stuff here. <gasps> I really appreciate all of my Patreons. Uh, I do want to give a shout-out to two brand-new patrons this month, uh, Forrest Shomlian and Ryan Steele. Guys, thank you so much uh, for joining the crew. The rest of you, you all know who you are. Links will be in the show notes to all their work. Uh, gentlemen, where can our uh, listeners find the two of you on the interwebs? Well, I'll let the old man go first, because it's way past his bedtime. <laughs> oh, you hush, you. But I am pretty old, and my back is giving me a lot of problems lately. So, uh, well, I'm in a number of places, I guess, lately. Um, of The default is you can find me on Rhythm and Pixels, which is a video game music podcast. Um, Rhythm and Pic- www.rhythmandpixels.com, or YouTube as Rhythm and Pixels, or Spotify as Rhythm and Pixels. Um, in addition to that... I am also on the show Blown Cartridges, which is a discussion group for classic Nintendo, not just Nintendo, just classic game franchises and whatever topics will come up. We're still kind of new, um, but it's generally shared on YouTube. It's just Blown Cartridges. Um, you can find me on the SML podcast as I do. I go there to do game reviews and interviews and just common Google gobbly. Though language is a little bit there, but if you're okay with language. Um, also, YouTube is the SML podcast. Um, and aside from that, um, I, I'm trying to think. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Oh, wait. Like, I know what you're forgetting for now. If y'all really want to see... East Coast Pokemon League? Oh, yeah. Well, East Coast Pokemon League, yes. <laughs> but I do want to interject. That's not Saturday Night Live podcast. It's actually small, medium, large. <laughs> yes. That's what it stands for? Uh-huh. I always thought it stands for Saturday Morning Live. No, it's um, small, medium, large. And also, there's another sub-meaning of it, too, called Someone Might Listen. Oh, okay. I never knew that. I mean, yeah, but also... Um, no, you were um, right. You East... were right, though. That, that, is, that, that yeah. is the original original meaning, but then it took a different form later on. Uh, but yeah, also, um, East Coast Pokemon League, we're on... I think... Fa- we're mainly on Facebook. Um, I don't think we're on Twitter. No, we're not. We're no, just on, on Facebook. Um, we're... Just a group of people, mainly adults, who play Pokemon. We have a league. Uh, we're usually at Mag every year. R.I.P. Mag oh. 2020. Um, doom, doom, doom. You know, y'all ever want to? We had 20. Yeah, thank doom. for that. Doom. doom. We, want, we want Doom at Mag 2022. Give us back Doom. But that being said, uh, if y'all anyone out there who likes Pokemon who wants to join a league, look us up on Facebook. Again, we're a pretty chill group. Um, there's rules and stuff. You know, make a team. Challenge people, beat on Purnell. He's not that easy, though. Hey, you know, well, how are you gonna beat on me if it's not that easy? That that that. that, that, that that's that's our point. Is still take I'm a beat and keep it moving. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's getting late. You guys are making me laugh. All right. Oh, one other thing I want to say. If y'all really want, I have a link to a video of Purnell doing the one chip challenge at Mag back in 2016. Oh. If y'all want to get a kick out of that. Why, why, why have you put me on the spot? <laughs> uh, why got, why got be that way? <laughs> Unfortunately, I got, I lost in a Pokemon match this week. I mean, this weekend. So I actually have to do the one chip challenge before the week's out. I just oh, gotta, good. I got to get a hold of one, and I got to record it too. But um, people can find me. I mean, I'm just starting up um, VGM Fight Club, which da 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 surprise. Our good host here, Mister Bedroth is participating in his first match against the current VGM Fight Club uh, champion, Utopia Nemo, in a Sega Street Fight. So, interjection. Um, we actually talk about it in just a second, Daryl and I do, but um, 
this has already happened uh, a while back. I did beat Utopian Emo at the Sega Challenge, which um, was well fought, great music, and actually went on into the finals and faced off against Alex Messenger of VGM Journey and Rob Nichols, uh, Purnell's partner on Rhythm and Pixels. And um, that episode just dropped last week as you're listening to this. And uh, I don't know if the results have been posted yet, but go check it out, VGM Fight Club. That episode will most likely be up sometime between tomorrow night or Tuesday morning, so look forward to that. Uh, I haven't. There's a disc. There's a Facebook page. Well, but remember, this isn't going to launch till first of December. So yeah. Oh wow, I forgot. We're well. Just go back in your time machine, people. Uh, I do have a Facebook page for VGM Fight Club, but not that much traffic there. If you want to email me, um, VGM Fight Club at hotmail.com. I also have another podcast I do with my friend Claire, who's also part of the East Coast Pokemon League, uh, called Senpai's Playlist. It's an anime music playlist. Um, we don't have anything other than an email. Senpai's Playlist at Hotmail.com. Uh, other than that, just uh, YouTube page, The Next Save Point. That's where I put my streams whenever I do stream something. Um, tournament videos of me and my brothers and my friends playing video games. Um and I don't have that much of a presence. I'm not that famous. Like, say, uh, I don't know all that either. I'm just, hey, I eat sandwiches just like everybody else. And they're delicious sandwiches. Sandwich. Sandwiches one leg at a time. <laughs> <laughs> I eat my sandwiches one leg at a time. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, crazy sandwiches you eating. <laughs> that being said, Barrow, I mean, like I said, I like I love the dynamic of the show with you and your son, especially. That's why I call y'all the Batman and Robin slash Nightwing, because we all know Shoot, Kapow's a little bit too old to be, you know, wearing tights. I mean, well, Nightwing still wears tights, but you get the point. But I, I love the fact that, and it actually does good for me that you chose this particular weekend to finish it. Um, Because Friday would have been my father's birthday. Uh, he would have been 55. He passed away when I was Shoot Kapow's age, actually. So it warms my heart to see people out there, especially in this day and age where, you know, everything's crazy. The world is literally going to hell in a handbasket, so to say. But, you know, shows like Purnell's and shows like yours, it honestly helps me get through my week. I hear that. I'm not going to lie. So I think it's nice that you were able to find something to do with your son that, you know, y'all can share to the world. It's something about this community as a whole, to be honest with you, too. Just like, it's a positive place to go and just talk shop. It really is, and I mean, shows like y'all has really helped get me through the week, too, and uh, it's been a blast talking to you guys tonight, so thank you again for coming on. Yeah, thanks. It's been a whole lot of fun. This barbed wire fist is is, is coated with love. Other than when the chains come out. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, love barbed wire typer beam. <laughs> That's right, VGM Fight Club. Hugs and pain. <laughs> Uh, look out, he's got a chair! Um, I, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about this. Like, So the last episode was Capcom Cage Fight, Sega Street I'm like, yo, how many more ways can I word video game stuff to come off as just very violent and gory, but <laughs> half the tracks are just like... like I was listening back to some of your tracks because I was putting the stuff together for the episode today. I was like, oh my god, these tracks. I, I Although I will say this. The Capcom Cage Fight has drawn in the most views of all my episodes so far. Yeah, it, it, you'll be surprised as, as the show goes on which ones are, are the biggest. Like, right now, for me, the biggest two episodes, I believe, 
are Five Finger Fanfare, which I didn't even know anybody outside the Mercado family had heard of, but apparently it's pretty popular. And actually, I my most popular episode, our most popular episode right now, is is the Kirby episode, uh, the Halloween episode. Oh, I thought it was Rivals Rope in front of me. It used to be. Wow. But I gotta say, I also I love that there's all this like. Um, like interplay between you've really made it super interactive with the listeners and it's a really cool idea well i figured that it was the only way like actually it was ed that gave me the idea um for those of you ed wilson of the vg embassy our patron saint ed praise ed <laughs> uh he's the one ed, that ultimately gave ed, me the idea of podcast daddy and a vgm prime minister <laughs> oh yeah he's our prime minister prime minister ed <laughs> uh ed was the one that gave me ultimately the idea because i was trying to come up with a way to do it Ed was like, well, try to have them arrange their tracks in order as if they were, like, weakest to strongest, and then have people vote on it. I was like, oh my god, I think I have an idea. This would work, and so far it's been doing well. So, thanks, Ed. So, um, do you guys have any final words for uh, our listeners? Wu-Tang forever. Peace and love. Don't be a jerk. Yeah. Share your sandwiches and share your rich crackers. <laughs> whoa, whoa, dude, dude. Social distancing. You can't be sharing sandwiches. The heck you can. They they whoa. transcend social distancing. I'll mail you a pack. Yeah, I'll mail you this sandwich. Dude, if you mail sandwich. me a sandwich, I'm be very pissed <laughs> simply because the meat is probably... Well, actually, no, wait. You're only about two hours away. I'll just drive down and get the sandwich. Get <laughs> but social distancing, man. <laughs> I mean, I'll just have a tape measure when I get to your house. Like, hold on for now. Yeah. Yep. All right, we good. Uh, six, just toss me the sandwich. Oh, show idea. Six feet of video game music. A social ah. distancing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we'll wait for Smash. Wait everything for Smash. Go check out my music what? on flat.io. Yeah, yeah. Lloyd. Lloyd. He has swords. Yeah. And then after uh, after he gets in Smash, uh, Sugar will have to find out a different name for him. But then, but then, what, then what will the name be? Lloyd Irving's in Smash? I'll probably just change it to Shukapow. He'd have been a better pick than Steve! <laughs> <laughs> so, Pernell, why don't you tell us a little about this uh, this last track? Yet another side game. Well, this track is honestly one of my favorites from the entire Pokemon franchise as a whole. Um, this comes from one of the side games on the, in- on the GameCube, actually. The game title being Pokemon Coliseum. And the track title is called Phanax City, or Phoenix City, depending on what region you hail from. I don't know. Enjoy. Yep, enjoy. And uh, just so everybody else doesn't labor under the same delusion I did, Pokemon Coliseum is not actually a sequel to Pokemon Stadium. It's like kind of like its own thing. And then um, it actually had like a follow-up sequel. It's like a weird name. I can't remember what it was. XD uh, Gale of Darkness. Pokemon XD. Gale of Darkness. Pokemon XD. <laughs> yeah, Gale of Darkness. <laughs> oh, XD. XD. Oh, you Gen Zers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but anyway, yeah, uh, the music in this one was was super, super good. Um, you played the Mirror Beast theme on our uh, one of our episodes mm-hmm. a while back. The Five Finger Fanfare episode, actually. Yeah. All right, well, um, as we get into Pokemon Coliseum, which actually was composed by... Uh, Tsukasa Tsawada was published by Nintendo and the Pokemon Company and developed by Genius Sonority for the GameCube in 2003. Gentlemen, thanks again for uh, joining us. Thank you for having us. It was a great time. Until next time, play very good games, be very good people, and keep listening to very good music. Very, very good, good music. music. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Smell you later, Gramps. 
Don't pick <laughs> Pikachu! Ta-da!
side note, <laughs> since I have so little experience with Pokemon, Daryl, I know what Infernape is, but when you mentioned Infernape, what popped into my mind was an image of a Mankey on fire. <laughs> now, honestly, now that would be a great way for evolving it. How do you get one? You you, you cast you, you set burn on a Mankey. <laughs> 